This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can bring up anything. Just dial the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. And it's Ian here with you. And Gart. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site, totally free. So enjoy those on us. Uh, Again, that's freetalklive.com as we launch here into another week of fun and excitement. As always, a lot to talk about. Of course, your calls are the primary element if you make them. Uh, But let's see. To start things out here uh, tonight... Gardner, do you have a story about ER doctors? Uh, something you can tell yes, us about? Yes, indeed, with Ian. And, I know uh, I didn't ask you to have that right uh, ready in front of the show, but yes, George Clooney is not involved, and uh, unfortunately, no no NBC stars are in this story. Uh, this is a story that uh, I found a few days ago, and I know you guys uh, you guys caught glimpses of it too, and maybe some folks in the audience uh, found this. I posted it over at the Liberty Conspiracy site because I, I thought it was quite amazing. Uh, there was a recent study that uh, was a a study conducted of emergency room doctors. And these emergency room doctors, over 90%, said that they believe that police use too much force when they are apprehending criminals. Now, these are guys that are in a unique position to have something to say about this. I mean, they experience... The results of police abuse on a regular basis. Now, yes. is this, hold on. Is um, are we talking about uh, a, a blanket statement like police use too much force when apprehending suspects, or are they making a statement like we have seen cases where police have used very too much good force. question? And I had a couple other questions myself, which of course uh, you say to yourself, well, these guys aren't seeing the people that the police apprehend who aren't injured. But here's the story. It comes from Reuters from New York. And uh, it says, in a survey of a random sample of U.S. emergency room physicians, virtually all said they believed that law enforcement officers use excessive force to arrest and detain suspects. The sample included 315 respondents, while 99.8% believed excessive force is, is used. Almost as many, 97.8%, reported that they had managed cases that they suspected or that the patient stated had involved excessive force by law enforcement officers. Nearly two-thirds, 65.3%, estimated that they had treated two or more cases of suspected excessive use of force per year among their patients, according to a report of a survey published in the January 2009 issue of the Emergency Medicine Journal. So... So some cases, um, probably more than we'd like to see, some cases, uh, you know, police use too much force. And they're mm. corroborating what the the victims are saying, so that the people that are actually the, the victims of the abuse have, many of them have reported it to the ER doctors, and they have said, yeah, essentially yeah. these people are telling the truth. And you know what's well. interesting? They have the feedback loop between those people and the doctors, but interestingly enough, uh, later in the article, they say a large majority, 96.5%, reported that they had no departmental policies on reporting their suspicions or they did not know of a policy to guide their actions, and 93.7% said that they had received no education or training in dealing with these issues to actually communicate with the police about it. So they didn't know what to do. So they saw they can see the abuse, they know it's happening, but they don't feel as though there's some sort of outlet that they're aware of as far as what they can do professionally uh, to report this. And, And from what we've seen... 
from the people over at the Police Complaint Center, which is a great organization, by the way. We don't really talk about them very often because I don't really – obviously don't get – or I, I actually do not get updates from them too often. But the Police Complaint Center, great organization that does undercover work trying to kind of bust the cops, sort of similar to the people over at Cop Busters, uh, but – yeah. A little different. Anyway, you have to look into them uh, for more details on what they do. But one of the things that they did so effectively was uh, there was some TV stations that essentially – usually they get hired by local organizations that they'll, uh, they'll come in and they'll investigate those, uh, those police departments in those areas that are, that are under suspicion. And in this case, it was South Florida where they went from department to department – uh, one of their undercover investigators with uh, undercover cameras, audio recording, went into the departments and simply asked them what was the process to file a complaint. Oh, wow. And so they asked for a complaint they form? They asked for a complaint form. Okay. And you would be shocked to find out how many of these police departments did not have any complaint form whatsoever. <laughs> of the departments that did have a complaint form... They did not want to allow – many of them did not want to allow the complaint form to leave the department's property. Wow. So so this individual would go in and ask for a complaint form and in most cases would essentially be harassed by the cops that were on duty for asking about a complaint if form. If you didn't get to take the complaint form away, then you couldn't get a copy of it, likely. I mean, wouldn't, doesn't that make sense? If you didn't get yeah. – if you weren't able to take it away from the premises – that you would likely not be able to get a copy. I Sounds suppose you like could ask good. the police officers, may I have a photocopy of this right. b- before I depart? But I would think that that would There's be the, the biggest. Uh, for one, I would like to take a complaint horm, um, form home and compose it rather than right. sitting there c- quickly scrawling out what my problem is. Under the watchful eye of some cop who is, you know, a good chance he's friends with the cop right, you're complaining right. about. You know, but. I don't want to get inflammatory, but as you know, as I as I drive over to your uh, humble abode here, your mm-hmm. wonderful estate and your studios, um, what... What gets me is uh, I pass by where they're building that new correctional facility, uh, yes. the detention center, and I thought they're just locking too many drug drug addicts. Yeah, up, exactly. So they need a new and, one. Yeah, precise. I feel like Kirk, Captain Kirk. That's right. Fuck, you're absolutely right. <laughs> um, but I, you know, I, I'm responding so quickly because I'm thinking to myself, I wonder what the people in Germany thought in the late 1920s, going towards the 1930s, as more buildings were set up for the bureaucracy. More mm. things were arranged for apprehension and detention. And I wonder how they thought about the police. You know, when I was younger, I didn't think this way too much about the police until I got pulled over for not having my bicycle registered in my own town. I was on a bicycle and I was 12. I think you're right. A lot of people don't really think too much about it. I mean, when I've called the local talk show or at one point uh, I talked to a local politician about the marijuana issue, just marijuana, they didn't believe that people were arrested for this. They didn't believe they were in jail for That's it. That's amazing. They, they, right. Well, they, well I mean, they, arresting tends to usually end up with people in jail. But they did not believe that people were being uh, having their freedom taken away from them based on mar- uh, marijuana possession charges. I think, they I just think, didn't even believe that I, was true. I, I think prima facie evidence is in front of us that tells us that, that there is a police state that is growing, whether it's on the southern border and you're getting people apprehended and pulled aside for no reason other than that they won't show the proper 
identification as a U.S. citizen, mm-hmm. or if you've got people just engaged in consensual behavior like selling drugs or prostitution or something like that, gambling. Uh, we've got people who we've got people who operate underground bingo in the uh, state of New Hampshire now because the regulations <laughs> are so onerous on yep. operating bingo. Uh, these types of things we're we're definitely building and accruing a layer of tarnish that's getting heavier and heavier and heavier and more burdensome on the average man. And I think more and more people are starting to think about the police officers as no longer their friendly neighborhood police officers. As many of these guys are okay guys, they are. You know? Yeah, sure. Uh, but their their initial reactions. Stay away. Don't don't mess with them because you're going to get screwed up. And if you resist, Absolutely. you could end up in the emergency room because they'll strong arm you and pull your arms out of your socket. And if you have a problem and you see something that's wrong, because most people are oblivious to it, I think, mm. that, or they don't want to see it. Uh, but those who are aware of it are frightened to do anything about it. And so that's what the case is with the uh, the ER doctors, yeah, or they're yeah. just completely uninformed. And they don't know what they now, can do about it. And that's where I was going when I was uh, pointing out that these uh, the police complaint center, underco- essentially undercover officer or one of their investigators, showed beyond a shadow of a doubt that these police <laughs> departments do not have a process, most of them. They don't want you to complain, or they want to intimidate you when you come in to file the complaint. So, I mean, even if an ER doctor did know that he knew that, if he was aware that he could file a complaint, he's never done that before, and it is, in many cases, a very intimidating process. Yeah, yeah. So how, Imagine, often, how, li- and, how likely is that to, to actually occur? And if what would happen, you guys, if, if there were a study that were done of emergency room doctors near Orlando, Florida, and they reported that clearly the security people at Disney World and mm. at SeaWorld and Bush Gardens were much, much too rough. They used violent force on the people who were causing problems at their places as they, as they pulled them away. It'd be an outrage. It'd be international Absolutely. news. Absolutely. And immediately the police force would be checked by replacement of another private, privately funded free enterprise security system. Right. Here with this system, if you actually do manage to file a complaint, good luck getting them to do anything about it. Usually in a complaint results in the police uh, looking at themselves and saying, well, looks like we did everything by the book. No problems here. Let's move along. More coming up. You can take control. Bring up anything. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you want via the toll-free number 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's 1-800-259-9231. You can bring up uh, whatever you want. It's point at the show. And you can also uh, join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are free. We've got live streams there, broadband version, dial-up version, webcam, all free for you. If you go to listen.freetalklive.com, that's listen.freetalklive.com, plus want to invite you to the New Hampshire Liberty Forum. If you're about sick and tired of the police state nonsense that we've been talking about here, I believe that there is a solution out there, and it's not going to the department and filing an official complaint form. It's getting together with other activists of like mind, all concentrating in the same geographic location. And that's what the Free State Project is about. It's about bringing liberty-loving people all together to the same place and then seeing what they do, seeing what neat uh, activism they come up with that they wouldn't have been able to do 
prior to getting together because there just simply weren't enough people where they were. And uh, the Free State Project has brilliantly managed to move hundreds of people so far to New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project. More are coming, more are considering coming, and a lot of those people, all of the above, uh, those considering, those who are already here, etc., will all be converging in Nashua, New Hampshire, early March, uh, I believe it's the 5th through the 8th, at the Nashua uh, Crown Plaza Hotel for the New Hampshire 2009 Liberty Forum. It's a great event. We've been there the last couple of years. We'll be there again this year broadcasting live. Gardner, I expect to see you there. Indeed. Uh, all kinds of great people are there. Many of the activists you hear calling this show, you'll get to meet in person. And in all addition these- to that... Yeah, the you get to, right. You get to meet some uh, liberty celebrities, people like Glenn Jacobs, uh, WWE's Kane, Dr. Mary Ruart, David Nolan, David Berglund, uh, Richard Heller. So many names, and I can't go through them all. So go to freestateproject.org slash libertyforum to get more details, get signed up. Use our discount code to save yourself 10%. That's 2009 FTL, 2009 FTL. And come on out and join us for the New Hampshire Liberty Forum. It's it's just such a blast, man. It's so easy to get there. I hope people we, they got to come and they and I hope when they come they say yeah we heard you talking about it so we got inspired. So I think that uh, we're seeing some amazing changes and more more is going to come as more people get together and it it is making a difference. And I can tell you one thing: the police here in New Hampshire are just not as bad as the rest of uh, you know what I've experienced. At least down in Florida, they're not as bad as the the cops down in Florida. And I don't imagine they're as bad as uh, many I, of them in New York and mm, California. Interesting. I personally haven't experienced uh, bad cops, uh, at least on the streets. I suppose I've experienced them in prison, and those are law enforcement officers. However, you mean here in New Hampshire period. or on the, on the streets? Period. Period. Gotcha. Um, and I, so I would say that uh, New Hampshire cops are no better or worse than what I've seen. But I have seen some indications that the, the departments here take uh, a very uh, they, they take a, a harder line against you know police abuses than other places do. For instance, uh, here in New Hampshire entirely, there's a, a sort of review board for police officers and police departments and things like that. That wasn't they didn't have one of those in Florida. Um, here in Keene, I believe that they have. Uh, you know they require all their cops to have college diplomas or college uh, degrees and that kind of thing to me that means that you're going to draw a higher caliber of uh, individual but you had mentioned concentration in one area um to, as a way to combat uh, police abuses by liberty individuals yes and today i was i was on the i think it was the free talk live bbs uh, there's a couple of forums out there with bureaucrash and uh, at uh, bureaucrash uh, bureaucrash social bu- com. no that's not their website it's bureaucrash.com bureaucrash.com and then you can get through through to bureaucrash social from there that's correct okay so um i, I go on a couple of forums What I had uh, I had been talking to this this guy sort of online. He had called into the show at one point. His name is Liberty Pyle, and uh, he had suggested that concentration wasn't the way to go. That in fact education was the way to go. And I'd sort of been mulling this statement over. Isn't education really another form of concentration? Well, yeah, it's a false choice. I mean, if you want to effectively educate people, you'll do it better if you have if you have high concentration. I would concur. I would concur with that. However, if you were some, if if you were Jesus, you know, you you're the liberty Jesus, and you're able to uh, convert masses, you're still concentrating them. It doesn't matter whether you educate them or your goal is concentration, right? right? Yeah, and it depends on the effect of that concentration. It could be a false dichotomy. It could be something where uh, they are not complementary, but in, I think in many cases, getting the concentration draws attention and allows you to educate more efficiently. Exactly. I gave the example in one of those discussions of, well, have you ever been at an outreach table as an activist 
all by yourself. Let's say you're at an event like a uh, county fair, so a big general audience event where all kinds of people are there. And you're, you're in the, uh, the rows of the other vendor tables, and you're set up and you're all by yourself, and you're trying to do liberty outreach to people. Well, I mean, the fact is, even if you're an outgoing pitchman, as I tend to be, uh, you're going to have a tough time drawing people over at some point. I mean, sometimes you're going to get people over, but other times people are just going to pass pass you by, and they're going to continue on well, with their way. My personality, when I go to these things, and it's it, it's contrary to, to even going, but I like to go through these events and take a take a look at the tables, but I almost always will pass by somebody who's trying to uh, lure me in. And I think it's it's some kind of fear of being snookered. Uh-huh. I, I, I don't know, but I, I look at them and say, no thanks, and I just keep going. And it's kind of the way I was taught. You know, when somebody comes up yeah. and asks you, no thanks, I'm just looking, and right. off you go. Uh, other people will, will talk to you. It depends on the personality type. But my point was going to be that if you're all by yourself, you'll have a certain level of success. If you have a second person behind the table with you, you'll, I believe your success uh, chances will be higher that you'll get someone over to talk to you because then you're not just the lone crazy at the table. You're yeah. there with somebody else, and having that second right. person gives you some level of uh, extra legitimacy. But it's even better if someone is talking to you on the other side of the table. So if you've got two people behind the table, one person in front of the table, and they're you know taking a world's smallest political quiz or looking at something or in- engaging in a discussion with you – that's even better because then the person walking by says, oh, there's something to this. Somebody else has shown an interest. Yeah. And if there's a group of people in front of the table, if there are two or more people gathered around the table, you've got a party. People want to know what's going on there. Yeah. So that's my point is that, yes, concentration does make a difference because concentration shows popularity. Right. And popularity says to people, hey – this is okay. It there have been gears. people who, yes, people who have gone before have said, yes, this is okay, and it's okay for you to take your time out to look at this. So it makes a huge difference having people on your side uh, and, and doing this activism, not just from an outreach perspective, but also from a pr- protection perspective. Uh, go ahead and try standing out in front of the courthouse and handing out FIJA brochures, fully informed jury association brochures, all by yourself, and then try it with five people. And you tell me you won't get... Um, different results in both of those cases. Well, I I can totally agree. My point is, is that both education and the, you know, migration technique, which is what Free Talk Live would, or excuse me, uh, the Free State Project would be about, is both of these techniques are a form of concentration. So... Uh, to me, it seems, you know, it's, it seems like an easier idea to uh, get people to move than it does to educate people, especially one person um, in an area trying attempting to do well, that. Well, we have to educate people. But, well, I, I agree. Right. And the edu- and education's been something we've been trying in a spread out sort of uh, system sure. for the last couple hundred years, ever since uh, you know, the United States was start- was founded on the ideas of liberty and has moved away from them. So education, to me, is failing. Now, um, one would say. That that uh, migrations have been tried on a couple of occasions and they have failed too, and I would not disagree with that. I think now that with the advent of the internet, that we're going to have a better chance of that. One might make the argument that education with the internet will have a better chance too. Great, let's use it in one strategic area. I agree with you. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. We're going to cross the pond here next. Hopefully, uh, we'll talk to somebody there and t- take your calls about whatever you want. This is Free Talk Live. Attention, freedom activists. If you're planning your move to New Hampshire, you know that Manchester is the heart of the free state. But finding an apartment when you're out of state can be a major pain in the... You need Prickle. Prickle has apartment rentals designed to meet your needs. There's no minimum length of stay. 
They accept payment in silver or gold. And responsible firearms owners are welcome. To find your new home in the heart of Manchester's growing Liberty Enclave, log on right now to Prickle.com. That's P-R-I-C-L dot com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything if you dial toll-free 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are completely free on the site, so enjoy those on us, including updates. Get signed up. We keep you in the loop whenever there's something you need to know about Free Talk Live. Just go to updates.freetalklive.com. Get on the list for free. That's updates. .freetalklive.com. Here on Free Talk Live, we talk about a lot about uh, freedom and liberty. My first exposure to the concepts of liberty came from superhero comic books when I was a kid. Right now, Free Talk Live listeners can get an autographed set of Freedom Force comic books for only $10, shipping included. You can check out the child-friendly superhero adventures of Minuteman and Liberty Lad and the rest of the Freedom Force team at Comics. .thundergodexpress.com. That's Comics.thundergodexpress.com. And the first ten orders right now, uh, mentioning Free Talk Live, will get a free random bonus comic included in their order. That's comics.thundergodexpress.com. We go across the pond to your phone calls. Uh, ben, starting things out in the U.K. Ben, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Ben. Hey. Hey. Um, hi. You're um, on the air. I'd, firstly, I'd like to put out something um, funny I noticed um, in the last episode, which was one of your calls was suggesting Doc. AC for adult content. And that I was a caller, yes. I don't know if that's a good idea or not, but uh, over here in the UK, .ac.uk is for um, universities and academia, so <laughs> I, I imagine see. there would be quite a bit of confusion there. Right, that's he was awesome. talking about change. Uh, we, were, we were talking about online censorship, and he was ta- he was talking uh, just to bring our listeners up to speed. He was suggesting that instead of .com for porn sites, they could have a very special porn extension like .ac for adult content. I said that I thought there was some sort of .xxx, but then somebody in the chat room suggested that they, that w- that was rejected. That that never came about. Uh, but uh, I mean, the reality of the situation is there are already thousands upon thousands of porn sites that are .coms, and so they've established themselves in that. Particular uh, domain and, and getting them to change over to .ac would be quite an undertaking. Mm, yeah. Uh, now I hear I hear over at the UK. You know they've been talking about trying to uh, censor things uh, for content. Sort of uh, Mary Whitehouse's ghost is coming back. She's very happy about this sort of thing. Uh, <laughs> they want ratings too. Ratings she's system. laughing in hell right now. Uh, yeah, they want ratings and so on. Uh, what's your take on all that over over in Great Britain? Ben, uh, I I think it's stupid really I, mean, I i i just i mean especially the internet it's, it's just futile there's no way you can even do it and and doesn't counting all the damage you're going to do trying doesn't it strike you as unbelievable? I used to have these conversations at co- in college in my communications classes with these stupid, uh, you know, naive teacher's assistants who'd be sitting there and they'd talk to you about how uh, violent television needs to be regulated and so on. Isn't it amazing that they just don't trust people to be able to make decisions for themselves or for their children, and they buy into this idea that everyone can somehow be 
uh, brainwashed into becoming uh, violent uh, ne'er-do-wells or by that they're a, all going to become rapists or by something By watching a like violent that. movie or something. Yeah. It's just, isn't it amazing to me? I mean, I, I remember seeing it when I mentioned Mary Whitehouse and Doctor Who. They didn't want Doctor Who to be shown as drowning in, in, in a particular episode. And, and so they had to edit it because of all these wow. old you know, sticks in the mud. It's ridiculous. You know, um, I, <laughs> I think it's kind of interesting. My, I believe it was... I can't remember exactly. Uh, somebody I was talking to relatively recently said that a friend of theirs was unable to watch Warner Brothers cartoons when they were kids because their parents wouldn't let them because they were violent, as though they were going to drop an anvil on someone's head, yeah. I assume. <laughs> and it turned out that this person uh, turned in, you know, uh, ended up as a cop. Now, I'm not saying cops are bad or anything like that. I'm only saying that isn't it interesting that they ended up in what would, would could certainly be considered a violent career mm-hmm. and they weren't allowed to watch violent violent, uh, you know, uh, cartoons when they were a kid. It's very interesting. Uh, ben, any other thoughts for us? Uh, I, I, just to change the topic completely, there was a point I wanted to raise about the um, whole um, e- evolution debate. I mean, okay. And I'm, I'm, I'm a Christian myself, but I'm also a scientist. I, I accept evolution because that's where all the scientific evidence is. And if people want to believe... Um, that the Earth was created 6,000 years ago, they can believe that, but there is no science, really, for intelligent design. And a point I wanted to make is the intelligent designists keep on coming up with this line, there's, there's no way this complexity could arise out of, uh, out of natural selection, out of mutations. If, you, if it was just that, we'd have chaos. Now, isn't that exactly what the statists are saying? We can't have anarchy. Anarchy would be chaos. The free market would just collapse. You know, it's interesting you should bring Evolution. that up, Ben. Uh, when I, oh, sorry, uh, sorry to interrupt, but when I was over at uh, Star Trek Voyager, I wrote up a, a story idea, and in the beginning of it, I had an opening uh, segment that said uh, evolutionary biologists and economists had finally come at a certain point in the 21st century to agree that um, that open-ended chaotic systems tended if they had an incentive for self self protection and self reproduction uh, tended to form uh, some sort of voluntary, voluntary evolving order, order. exactly yeah. spontaneous order. And uh, you know, there's been uh, people from Richard Dawkins' uh, spontaneous order. He's sort of tied tied along on that side, although he's more on the left wing side. Uh, and I don't know where he stands economically, but I believe he does. And it's very interesting. I think you could you could definitely draw that correlation. Uh, you know, I just wanted to bring up one thing about the six thousand year thing. Uh, one of the more creative and I think almost more plausible approaches to that idea that the Earth was created 6,000 years ago is I saw uh, an astrophysicist discussing uh, the Bible's time uh, concept, the, the linear concept of time in the Bible. And basically what he was saying was that because of the expansion rate of the universe at the time of the Big Bang, you measure years differently in the Bible than you do on Earth. They're not Earth years they're years measured based on the expansion of the universe. I can't really explain it now, but he he had this whole thing all worked out. Well, some people say time is speeding up. I mean, some yeah. people have said that, uh, that, that essentially, even though it's not really speeding up by our watches, there's more getting done in a, in, a, in the same amount of time today than there would have been a hundred years ago. So yeah. it's it's an interesting yeah, it's, it's uh, fascinating. That's, that's an interesting line to draw between I, the two. I would say. Yeah. Thank you, Ben, for the call tonight. I, I, I can't yes, agree go with ahead. That one because um, I mean. In Genesis, it is talking about a day for this, a day for that, but there's this quote somewhere in 
Christianity, I'm not sure if it's in the Bible, but um, a, a day in the eyes of our Lord is a thousand years. Right, also. right. And that's exactly and, the way this guy and, took and, it. And, yeah, sorry, I'm and jumping on. the idea on. of day can just be metaphorical. And if you look at Genesis, the way the earth's cre- created, first it's the, the heavens, you know, light, stars, and then it's the earth itself, mm-hmm. and then it's animals, mm-hmm. uh, st- stuff in the sea first, then stuff on land, and then humans. And that is more or less the order it actually happens. And my personal theory, as someone who is a scientist and believes in God, is that the reason the creation myth the way it is, is because it's simplified for the people at that time. Because if God came down trying to explain modern-day science mm-hmm. to people several thousand years ago, they just wouldn't accept it. Thank you, Ben, for the call. Ben, before you go, um, I I have a question. The do you um, you're saying you're uh, uh, you know that the Bible may may not be literally true. Just to, you know that there's some good stories in there that uh, one might be able to use allegorically in one's life. Do you believe in the Godhead of uh, you know the the Godhood of uh, Jesus Christ? Do you think that uh, he performed miracles on earth? That he turned water into wine, walk on water, uh, you know, rise from the dead, that kind of thing? That's the trickiest one for me, really. I mean, I I don't really take a stance either way on that because although I've been brought up a Christian, I'm kind of more just generally believe there's a force out there, and I I just don't know whether Jesus was actually That's the a fair Son of God or whether it's just another story. Same here. Very good. Thank you, Ben, for the call. Appreciate the discussion. 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can bring up whatever it is that you want. Coming up, looks like the mileage tax is back on the radar. Mm. The people in Oregon will tell you what that's all about here in moments. If you had not heard this one, uh, they're moving towards it. And we'll explain what that means here in moments. 800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live, and you can bring up whatever you want. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you want via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. And it is Ian here with you. And guard. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are free. Now, if you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, shop with us at amazon.freetalklive.com. You can buy virtually anything that you need to buy at Amazon. They have 41 categories in which you can shop and even used items. So if you need to save a few extra bucks off their already low regular prices, go used and save a little more and feel good because whatever it is you buy, Free Talk Live gets a percentage. If you enter through amazon.freetalklive.com, Again, that is Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. Uh, plus, the authors of the Quick and Dirty Guide to War talk about current and future conflicts around the world, and Joseph Simone discusses real-world knife fighting, all at PaladinPodcast.com. PaladinPodcast.com is a service of Paladin Press. You can browse over 900 books and DVDs on topics such as personal and financial freedom, Second Amendment issues, military history, self-defense, and more. Remember, that's PaladinPodcast.com. So, it's actually been a little while since uh, we've seen one of these stories about the mileage tax, but it's back. And it's back in the place that I think we were last talking about it being introduced. It was either Washington or Oregon. One one of those two uh, was looking at this pretty closely. And this story is about Oregon. Story from DemocratHerald.com or DHOnline.com. 
A year ago, the Oregon Department of Transportation announced it had demonstrated that a new way to pay for roads via a mileage tax and satellite technology could work. Great combination. Now, Governor Ted Kulongoski said he'd like the legislature to take the next step. As part of a transportation-related bill he's filed for the 2009 legislative session, the governor says he plans to recommend a path to transition away from the gas tax as the central funding source for transportation. What that means is explained on the governor's website. According to it, as Oregonians drive less and demand more fuel-efficient vehicles, it's increasingly important that the state find a new way, other than the gas tax, to finance our transportation system. Now notice... They aren't saying they're going to get rid of the gas tax. They're saying that they want uh, this to be the new central funding source. So we're going to transition away from the gas tax into this new uh, mileage tax. So that way they can tax your gas and they can track your car and tax your mileage. And by the way, Ian, can I just point it out as a a semi-grammarian that when these guys put that term, we're going to transition away. Yes. Transition's a noun. Can you use it as a gerund? It's a noun. Can I we can't just transition. Is not a verb. No, you can't transition. You can make a transition, but you can't transition. Oh, interesting. Okay. So I just, you know, I mean, you know, when the I think the gates fell when people started using more importantly <laughs> as an adverb. <laughs> And there's no such thing as more importantly. Anyway, right. I'm sorry, but it just drives me up the wall. It sounds like that stick is wedged really tightly up there. I, I'm, I'm, I am glad we have the, Gardner on this show. It makes us sound smarter. <laughs> when I when I hear reporters write like that or politicians speak like that, I say, you know what? Stop. You're, you're driving the, the, the it's stake the dumbing through down. my head. It's, 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 it's the dumbing down of America. It's true. I mean, they just don't it's know true. better. But uh, anyway, well, I'm I sorry, like that sorry. kind of stuff, Mark. I like it when Gardner uh, corrects people's grammar because it helps me learn things. Yeah, well, my grammar is wicked bad, so. <laughs> <laughs> and people like it when I make funny jokes. <laughs> yes, he's good. All right. So, uh, so here's the story here. According to the policies the governor has outlined, Governor Kulongoski proposes the continue, uh, to continue the work of the special task force that came up with and tested the idea of a mileage tax to replace the gas tax. He wants the task force to partner with auto manufacturers to refine technology that would enable Oregonians to pay for the transportation system based on how many miles they drive. I love that. They're just going to partner up with the uh, manufacturers. I'm sure the manufacturers are just going to be absolutely happy to partner <laughs> with the state in this uh, particular endeavor. i got to bring it up again. Partnering, partnering. What are they doing? Partnering. You, you can be a partner, but you don't partner. Now, isn't it possible, Gardner? I mean, to take to to defend these people for a moment. Isn't it possible that in the English language, words meanings they, can they, change? They can like, change. Google they can change. is now a verb. You you can. It's true. It's true. That that's one of the amazingly wonderful things about the English language is it's wicked malleable. All mm-hmm. that yes. But all that said, it's very annoying when people it, pepper their you know, sentences with the word. All like. I can think that of gets is, to is me. yeah. All I can think of as the governor of New Hampshire going, we're partnering together. We came together across the aisle to partner for our wellness. Like, what the heck? Did the- Shut up. Well, at least he didn't say, we're going to, like, partner with the totally auto manufacturers to, like, refine technology that would, like, enable Oregonians to, like, pay for the transportation system based on, like, how many miles they actually drive. Yeah, yeah, and here I am, you know, the world is coming asunder with a totalitarian regime that will even monitor you through satellite over where you're driving and put little things on you. And, you know, and I'm, I'm out there speaking about grammar. As, as the world is on flame around me. I, I sit there and say, no, the world has been set aflame. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, here's the the rest of the story. 
so the governor's committed to ensuring that rural Oregon is not adversely affected and that privacy concerns are addressed. I'm uh, not sure how they, exactly that's going to work uh, because they're going to tax you on your mileage. <laughs> because we said so. <laughs> when the tax, uh, when, <laughs> this will be private. Don't worry. The Shut ta- up. The task Give force your money. study <laughs> and test were the news back in 2006 and 2007, which is probably the last time we talked about this. Critics worried that the technology could be used to track where vehicles go. Not just, that's what it's going to be used for. Not just how far they travel, and this information would somehow be stored by the government. According to the we DO- can trust them with it. According to the DOT, uh, they ass- tried to assure the public that tracking people's lives or tracking people's travels was not in the plans. The final report came out in 2007 uh, November. It was largely based on a field test in which about 300 motorists and two service stations took part. It was a 10-month-long test. A GPS-based system kept track of the in-state mileage driven by the volunteers. When they bought fuel, a device in their vehicles was red, and they paid 1.2 cents per mile and got a refund of state gas tax of 24 cents per gallon. Final report detailed the technical aspects of the program, also addressed the issue of privacy. So at this point, what they're saying is that they are not tr- uh, storing travel location points within the vehicle or transmitting them elsewhere. They're simply tracking the mileage used on the cars at this point. That doesn't mean that it won't expand out. That doesn't mean that whatever the devices are don't have that, that uh, capability, capability or couldn't be upgraded to have that capability. So beware. And what about what about the little minor technical problems of let's say you work on a college campus that's private and you're driving a car back and forth and you're using gas. Um, what if you're say working at a place like Fidelity in Merrimack, New Hampshire, which has a large campus and you're on private property going on their little roads? Is it measured that way too? Or so what's you're the story? paying. So what you're saying is that in that case, if you're driving around a lot on private property. When they check your vehicle to assess the tax, uh, you, you have not mileage. been using their roads. No, absolutely right. What if you have a long driveway, a quarter-mile driveway? That adds up over the weeks. Well, they would still point out, Gardner, that you're still filling up at the gas pump today anyway, and you're paying for gas. At, I mean, if I go and I buy gas for my lawnmower, I'm not using that on the roads either, and I'm Understood. paying the tax. Understood. So they pointed out that they have two imperfect gas. Uh, yes. You know. So one excuse <laughs> well, that's usually the other. Good. Yeah, well, that's usually good enough. I mean, tyranny in the past is usually yeah, well, used I, as an excuse I hear that for tyranny all the time. in the future. I hear that all the time, man. You it's, know. it's something that the conservatives will say when you, oh, pro- absolutely. When you, when you throw up the Constitution in their face, uh, thinking that might have an effect on them. They'll say, well, they've been taxing this since, uh, you know, the 1960s, so it doesn't matter. We can have these new taxes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, FDR put the Japanese in prisons. <laughs> yeah. Oh. <laughs> Okay. So now he, we should do it to Muslims. And he did it with the uh, government census records. <laughs> So yeah, um, the the fact is the government you're giving the government more information here. Yep. Uh, I mean, can't you just see the police saying we need to be able to track vehicles? And you've already got a tracking device in these vehicles. We just need we this is a capability that we need. Let's go to, to that's kind of a jump though, Mark. I mean, it, it's a it's a longer jump than this one. Here's one for you. Instead of going all the way to to full on tracking, what they could do is they could say, well, Mark, based on where you live here in town and based on the location of your job, we have determined that you have no more need to drive uh, any more than you know 30 miles per week or whatever the uh, yeah whatever the uh, carbon credit or or mileage allotment might be and it seems here that you've gone over your limit so now you're going to have to pay double 
on the overage oh, checks. So they could very easily manipulate the program to be even more invasive into one's own life and what one is free to do with one's, uh, one's know, car Ian, without actually tracking your location. I was just looking up some information on the uh, rationing in World War II in, in Great Britain, and um, I'm working on a story that's based in, in No more butter based. for you. Well, that, you know, imagine if we get into a situation in, in, as citizens or, or residents in the United States, if they were to have some dramatic, dangerous thing like a war that mm-hmm. was actually a declared war or some terrorist attack, uh, if things got really, really bad, they could do just what you're saying. They could say, well, we've got to ration your movement, and you can only get a certain amount of gas. Especially well, with a system like this in place. Forget a war. What about uh, something that happened like earlier this year where gas got up to 450 and, right. and I, I, some places it probably got up to 5 bucks. I couldn't tell you. But at, if they had this capability, they'd be able to say, holy crap, we need to, to cut down on driving and that kind of thing. Rather I, than just know, letting people, let, letting economics handle it. I think people listening to, to us here, they might get the idea that w- we believe in individual freedom and, and we don't like these government people telling our neighbors what to do. Uh, is that, that could be dangerous. Radicals. Know. All right. More coming up. Hour 2 is on the way. You bring up anything. 800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live. Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free. But if you think other people deserve to hear this show, consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. We are launching at hour number two of the program. You can bring up whatever you want if you dial toll-free to 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. And it's Ian here with you. And Guard. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are totally free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. Dot com. Uh, your calls are the primary element if you make them. Otherwise, we talk about things that are interesting to us. Mark, where are we going next? Well, let's go to Saskatchewan. And that's in Alaska? Manitoba. Oh, it's, it's South, Afri- mean, South Africa. Oh, okay. Really? The, Can- the Canadian college student... Wait, that's Canada. Yes. Okay. A Canadian college student majoring in chemistry built himself a home lab and discovered the, that trying to do science in your home quickly leads to accusations of drug-making, and terrorism. Oh, my. How'd this happen? Louis Casey, an 18-year-old in Saskatchewan, had built a small chemistry lab in his family's garage near the university where he studies. How old was he? 18. Oh, he's guilty. (laughs) So so you can see the pretty ordinary circumstance here. I remember uh, one time you could get little home chemistry labs. doing chemistry with dad and stuff. That that kind of thing. thing, yeah. So nothing unusual here. You mix some chemicals together, and it sparkles and changes colors. And I mean, we would hate to have future generations actually experiment and learn unless they were approved by the government. Right. They really do have to be in a government-approved <laughs> yeah, program. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. old, I'm sorry. He's in the university studying chemistry. They, they have to, they're, they're chemist, Their learning has to be in a government-controlled area while they're in the government-controlled Right. You need to have the face, the face wash thing, the eye wash station. You, you have to have, have that. So two weeks ago, uh, police arrived at his home with a search warrant based on a quick survey of his lab determined that it was a meth lab. Now, I'm, I'm kind of curious. How did they get this search warrant? It would probably well, be I mean, somebody's blah, blah, blah. And, you know, it's so yeah. silly. 
somebody said he had a bomb-making facility or a meth-making facility, and they got a search warrant based on some nosy busybody that made things terrible for yeah, this kid. Yeah, I would love to see who it was that uh, turned them on to this. I, I think mean, that that I... person who made that accusation um, should have to spend the amount of time in jail that this young man did it was, uh, to compensate, you know, society. Oh, you mean because they found that it wasn't, in fact, right. a meth lab and you they snitched. released him? You were wrong. You were mistaken with your accusation Ooh, against this gentleman. Awesome. That would be great. And I don't think I've ever heard that proposed before. That's a great idea. Legal karma. There you go. So let me go on. They pulled Casey out of the shower to interrogate him and then arrested him. A few days later, Jeez. police admitted that Casey's chemistry lab was not a meth lab. A few days later. Yeah. But they kept him in jail, claiming that... He had some of the materials necessary to produce explosives. Friends and neighbors wrote dozens of letters oh to the God. court testifying that Casey was innocent and merely a student um, is, and, and who is really enthusiastic about chemistry. On December 24th... What good chemistry student hasn't met, uh, built a bomb? I mean, well, shouldn't that be a point, pre- prerequisite to uh, graduating from a chemistry class is that you can build a flipping bomb? I, I, I don't know. Uh, What's but the I, point of taking chemistry if you're not going to blow stuff they're up? They're not accusing Potato him of, of making a bomb. I know. Ian. They're I'm accusing saying, him of having bomb-making materials. I know. I'm just disappointed. He should have made a bomb. In, on and December the 24th, Casey was finally released into his parents' custody pending trial to determine whether he was building what police um, called improvised explosive devices. He was building a meth bomb! That's what he was doing, Mark. Not just a bomb, not just meth, but a bomb that actually explodes and fragments of meth go impaling people that are around Make everybody addicted immediately. Casey's Casey's (laughs) lawyer uh, goes on and says, my client is a very intelligent young man. He's very keen on chemistry, very curious young man, and very capable, very knowledgeable in the area. He was also curious with regard to chemistry, chemical compounds, chemical reactions, that kind of thing. So from my client's point of view, it's completely innocent insofar as he had no intention of creating any explosives or explosive devices. Now, I I wouldn't have personally any problem with him creating explosives. My problem is exploding them in the wrong place. Absolutely, which he didn't do that either. Right. Well, he he couldn't because he wasn't creating explosive devices. Right. As as people probably know, anything in your house can constitute or be used in chemical um, or explosive devices, including sugar, cleaning compounds, Mr. Clean, bleach, detergents, all of those things. You can usually identify what's uh, good for that because they'll usually write something on the, uh, the the container that says it's a violation of federal law to use this product in a method uh, that is outside the scope of its instructions. So That's, if you just go around the store and find enough of those labels, <laughs> you've essentially got something that you can use in the underground. Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> That's my theory. I don't really know if that's true in, on all counts, but whenever I see that label, I think, hmm, what are the other uses of this uh, product? Well, I can tell you that uh, going to the grocery store and buying all those things and mixing them together takes care of the people that might blow others up. That's <laughs> an excellent point. It's unclear what made uh, police raid Casey's house. Unclear. It's not unclear to me. They claim that they got a tip from a woman who sold Casey fertilizer and was concerned about it. Certain kinds uh-huh. of fertilizer are used in the production of crystal meth. The case is reminiscent of... St- they did, by the way, don't Jeez. mention that this was one of the explosive uh, compound, compounds. The, the fertilizer. Yeah. The case is reminiscent of uh, somebody else. Anyway, Casey is now living at home, but he's no longer allowed to engage in chemistry experiments under supervision, except under supervision in school labs. Boy, can you imagine what would have happened if they had uncovered uh, pro-freedom books and, and pamphlets in oh, his house? he'd have been gone. He'd have never gotten out. <laughs> Listen to this, though. He is also required to inform the chemistry department of the charges against him. 
He has not been convicted of anything. Wow, of charges. Yeah. Yeah, he is to be, uh, you know, essentially lose what chance he has of going on and being a, a scientist. Oh, great. I mean, how many... Chemistry scientists uh, would uh, get hired after they've been accused of making bombs. Man, that's a great so point. Right. I mean, absolutely. Yeah, they've ruined this kid's life. Well, it's just another day in uh, just just another day in the police department, Mark. That's what that's what they do. They ruin lives. And but you know, we've been laughing about this, but this really is a it serious is. story. It's very and, frustrating. And, it's, and it was didn't they say he was in the shower when they busted him? They pulled him right yep. out of the shower, kept that's, him for like three days. That's exactly right. Three days. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. How they kept him for three days until they dropped the charges for the meth lab. I can't, I can't tell you how long they kept Casey, but... Wow. Oh, so it was more than that. I, that, yeah, I thought it was just like a weekend or something. I, I suspect it was months, uh, like two or uh, one or two months is my uh, oh guess. Oh, my gosh. His trial's in uh, January, uh, January the 26th, though. So there's not even been a trial yet? I thought, I thought they dropped all the charges. What, well, yeah, no. What's the trial no. for? Oh, what's so they just tried for? So wait, so wait um, let me see for if I'm clear on this. making bombs. Oh, he had so, bomb-making material. So they said, okay, this is definitely not a meth lab, but he may have been making bombs because he had this and this and this. Correct. Even though there was no evidence of any he bombs. Had bomb-making materials, and wow. they, are, they are proposing, because he had bomb-making materials, that he was making improvised explosive devices, uh, which I can't imagine. Nice. They use this terminology, improvised explosive devices. That can't be a legal term. That has to be something they just got off the television, you know? That's the, what they call it over in Iraq when they make IEDs, and they put them by the roadside. Right, side. I understand Absolutely. what they're calling it, but yeah. Uh, yeah. Not, it can't be any So let me get this straight. Now, I've got gasoline in my garage for my snowblower, mm. and yeah. if I happen to have any sort of fertilizer, Fertilizers, any of the three combo three fertilizer with nitrogen you shouldn't and say oxygen anymore. in them. You shouldn't say any more, Gar. The SWAT team's going to be at your front door tonight, <laughs> 4 a.m. Unbelievable. It's sick. Oh, this, this poor is guy. sick. They've yeah. they've gone and ruined this. Uh, well, this could be the guy that creates the cure for cancer. Could the be, cure yeah. for politics. That'd, That's that'd the nice. guy. Oh. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And now his career is in the toilet because he's facing some bomb-making charges that they have really no basis to accuse him of. And, and you know, you you rarely see in people, uh, to, to me, the, um, it, it show, it's a sign of greatness where a person decides in their youth what it is that they want to do, and then they, and they have the conviction to follow it, through. And, and yeah. they, you know, to, to me, I always think of these figure skaters and, and people like that, that they decide when they're 12 or something like that, this is what I want to do. And then they right. figure skate for their whole figure skating career, which probably only lasts into their 40s or something like that. But to me, that's just a sign of greatness that a person can decide what it is they want to do. They're passionate about something. I can tell you, I was passionate about nothing that would have made any money when I was 18 years old. Mm. Nothing. Um, I don't know. You were into you were into drugs. Though there was that sex. <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> I wouldn't make any money with the kind I like. <laughs> um, the <laughs> so. <laughs> Put the fact is promo. that they would stop this uh, th- this from happening. It's just so sickening to me. It is, and it's really just to show that we w- they weren't wrong. Well, no, we weren't wrong. Oh, they can never we be wrong. We were wrong in busting right. this kid for meth when he wasn't making meth. He was doing something wrong, and we're lucky we got him. And they'll throw yep. away the cure for cancer based on it. Yeah, you never have to be wrong if you're in the government. Yeah, right? yep. <laughs> Working for the government means you never have to say you're sorry. One eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Step on as many lives as you can, uh, as you want, basically, and there's no consequences for you. You can just ruin lives with uh, with reckless abandon, and you'll have your job next week. People, uh, people will be sitting in jail cells that don't deserve to be there. But hey, you can go home and sleep in your bed at night. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. This is Free Talk Live. You take control.
This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You bring up anything via the toll-free number, 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Gar. And Mark. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site we give away, so enjoy those on us. Those other talk show hosts, well, most of them, want to charge you for accessing their websites. Ours is free. And the free stuff includes dial-up stream, broadband stream, and even a webcam version of the show. You'll find it all over at listen.freetalklive.com. That's listen.freetalklive.com. One of the few other hosts out there that doesn't charge for his website is Gardner Goldsmith. Indeed. And, Gard, your website is libertyconspiracy.com. Yeah. People can go there to not only read some of your musings, but also listen to your program, which comes out on a multi-times-per-week basis. Yeah, we try to get at least five per weekend. Sometimes uh, there are fewer. It's been really crazy with the power outages and stuff like that, and uh, I've been very grateful. Uh, My web guy, Seth... We've got some plans coming up for January because with the people who donate at my site, I, I allow them access to this special spot called the Cabal where we mm-hmm. put uh, skid MP3s and we communicate with each other and so on. And it's been very difficult. Things have been crazy. My mother passed away and then I got strep throat and then, and then we oh didn't have power for nine, eight or nine days. You know, it was ridiculous. It's been crazy. So um, I wanted to promote the Cabal a little bit more. So we're going to be doing some things like opening up a forum and opening up a blog. Oh, specifically for those cabal members that because uh, they're always offering good stuff to me inside this little group and I thought you know we should allow those guys to just sound off if they want to so we're hoping hoping starting the the beginning of January first week of January we're going to kick all that stuff off that's exciting new yeah. stuff for the new year over at libertyconspiracy.com with Gardner Goldsmith as we continue with your phone calls uh, still to come, though, we'll talk about slavery and then maybe uh, government bureauc- uh, bureaucratic bungling in Tennessee. First, to Gene. Speaking of Tennessee, Gene, you're on Free Talk Live. Gene? Oh, hello there. Hey, you're on the amp line. What's on your mind tonight? Oh, I wish I had time to straighten you guys out on the age of the earth, but that's not what I called about. So, uh, uh, number one, guard. Hey. How about, how about the word uh, co-conspirator? What do you think of that word? <laughs> that's a good one. It's Very really good. good. I like that. Yeah. Well done, There's a no... co-conspirator. Yeah, eventually they're going to have a co 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 conspirator. Those are <laughs> yeah, people who yeah. are plotting to take over the world with chocolate. Well, no, no. What he's saying is a co-conspirator as someone who might be a uh, a donator to the Liberty Conspiracy. Uh, no. Uh, what no. I'm saying is co-conspirator is not a word. Redundancy. A conspirator. Is, uh-huh. You're a conspirator. You Call him on that one, Mark. So Damn. there yeah. you go. But you so don't anyway, notice it. Uh, we could, we become acclimated to all this stuff. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I called you about the slavery tax, more commonly referred to as the income tax. Mm. Of course, I uh, I hate the income tax. I fought them for 30 years and or 20 for 26 years, something like that. Um, and of course, my wife is from China, so I've compared the two um, systems between China and the United States. China being the the communist, cruel dictatorship that uh, hates all th- all forms of freedom and uh, the freedom-loving dictatorship called the United States. So um, either way, you wind up with slavery, because uh, what we have here is an income tax that affects everybody who makes more than some ridiculously small amount of money, like $800. I can't remember. I don't know what the exact figure is. Now, in I, think China, that it's, I think it's 14000 for income tax, whereas you still have to pay Social Security on anything above, well, pretty much anything. It's a, it's a ridiculously small amount anyway. You certainly yep. can't live on it. Right. Now, in China, I've explained in the past that the way that the income tax works over there, first of all, they didn't used to even have one, but now that they do have one, the way it works is it's withheld by your employer. 
You never get to see it. You don't have to file an income tax form. Basically, they just steal it from you. But hey, all right. the rate... That, the that's rate actually better, they, I would say. <laughs> it is. It's better because you don't have to lie every year about how much money you made. Yeah. Also, you uh, don't have to feel bad because you don't look on your check and ever see it. Yeah. Right. And you also can keep whatever you can sneak, finagle away from their eyeballs, you get to keep because you don't have to account for it. Nice. So... That's a better system but already. Plus, you don't um, have to fill out this arduous paperwork. paperwork right. I mean, my wife right. spends probably 40 hours uh, plus filling out our taxes wow. every year. Wow. But, but what's going on in China now, it used to be that the 800 yuans a month, if you made that much, you didn't have to file an income tax form. Or you didn't have, you didn't have to pay the income tax. You don't have to file no matter how much you make. I don't know how much a yuan is. Okay. Well, there's, um, it's about eight to, eight to the dollar. Okay. So it'll be about $100. And that's a reasonable amount of money for somebody to actually live on in China. So that amount of money, if you got that from an employer, was you didn't have to have anything with help. Now the people are protesting because they don't have enough money to get by. Guess what the Chinese government's doing? Raising uh, the Taking amount? more? They are raising the exemption level to like 3,000 yuan wow. a month. Wow. So less so people will have to pay? Fewer. Fewer people. Yes. So less people are going to have to pay. So what they're doing in this horrible communist dictatorship is they're actually relieving the people of having to pay that ridiculous slave tax. But in this country, huh. guess what's happening to us with our income tax? Well, they're not necessarily raising the income tax, but they're creating like hundreds of new taxes uh, for people to pay. I know that and, much. And what's interesting is actually you brought to mind something. I had a conversation with someone who was a big Obama supporter. And uh, and she said, oh, you know what? It was election day. She said, oh, I just voted for Obama. I'm so happy about that. And I was like, well, I didn't vote for any of those idiots. So you're gonna be kidding me, you know? I'm gonna go listen to some punk rock now. And uh, it was interesting because I, she said, well, we're gonna get a tax cut. And I was like, what? Are you kidding me? I was like, listen, all you have to do is think about the phraseology of guys like Barack Obama and Joe Biden on the campaign trail when they said, defending themselves, people are saying that if Obama's elected, then we're going to raise taxes on the wealthy. Well, that is not part of Barack Obama's plan. It doesn't have to be because the tax cuts on the wealthy that came through with the Bush administration will expire at the end of 2010. So people earning over $42,000 a year as individuals will have to pay at least $2,000 a year more in taxes. Wow. So they don't. Now, the, the disingenuousness about, of it is, is striking. Think about the equivalency here. Now, what they did in China was raise the rate from 800 to 3,000. Now, that would be equivalent here. If ours is 14,000 now, that would be the equivalent of raising it to, what, almost uh, 35,000. So that'd be significant. Uh, that would mean anybody making thirty-five thousand or less wouldn't have to even file an income tax return. Wouldn't that be great? Now, did China raise awesome. it somewhere? Did they raise the tax somewhere else? I mean, they had to, um, have, right? Are they, they're not, they certainly didn't cut their budget, or they didn't cut the uh, the government programs. You know, I don't know where else they could raise it, hmm. um, uh, other than maybe import export. That's about the only thing they could do. And maybe they did that because uh, they don't seem to have any bones about, uh, you know, uh, taxing imports. What about but corporate their imports taxes? They're already taxed so high that there is virtually no imports or not yeah. very many. Interesting observations, Gene. And uh, any other thoughts for us? Well, we don't have time to get into the creation story. You can call tomorrow. But, I thank you. Thank you for the call. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. That's the SACL CAI toll free line. So Gene pointing out that. 
you know, maybe they don't have it so bad in China after all. I mean, the standard of living probably isn't as nice there, but they're uh, they're moving up in the world. There's no doubt about that. They, uh, they it's not as commie as it used to be. I, I think that also they they control uh, Hong Kong, so they're seeing how yeah. they can uh, yeah. get, you know get a hands off situation and make more money. So the Hong Kong philosophy is bleeding over onto their side. Well, right. I mean, the fact is, if you let your slaves uh, have a little more freedom, they'll be more productive, and eventually you'll actually end up getting more out of them because of that. More on the way here. Speaking of slavery, Mark, that's where we're going next. 800-259-9231. Mark's got a story about that, and we'll talk to you about whatever you want. This is Free Talk Live. This program is brought to you by Freekeen.com. Freekeen.com features audio, video, and blogs chronicling the transition to a voluntary society. Freekeen.com also has comments and discussion forums so you can be heard. Freekeen.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you want. If you dial toll-free to the SACL CAI toll-free line, 800-259-9231. That is, again, 1-800-259-9231. It's Ian here with you. And Guard. And Mark. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are free. And then again is freetalklive.com, including the bulletin board system, Shrine of Female Listeners, Archives, and more. freetalklive.com. Have the stories of civil disobedience here in New Hampshire touched, moved, and inspired you, but you're unable, for whatever reason, to be involved personally? Well, now you can. The Civil Disobedience Evolution Fund at cdevolution.org allows you to care for these brave men and women by financially supporting them while they face down the organizations that operate through violence and coercion. cdevolution.org. To get more information and get on board, that's cdevolution.org being headed up uh, by our our buddy Sam from the Obscure Truth Network. He's involved in that as well as some other great activists behind the scenes. It's uh, it's I think it's going to be a really helpful, um, influential organization that will really help encourage more civil disobedience and non-cooperation and give people the you know that crutch that they need uh, and able to fall back on if they're targeted by the state for uh, for retaliation i think it's a really important organization cdevolution.org as we continue here mark uh, you're going to tell us about slavery apparently it's still around i mean obviously we know that everybody's a slave in that uh, we all live on these farms that they call countries and uh, master will allow us to travel to another farm so we can be a slave over there and in return they'll usually get some people from the the, the, the farms uh, that are elsewhere in the world and so the slaves sort of move around and they have their their wealth um, their hard-earned wealth extracted from them by the you know the masters calling themselves government so we know that kind of slavery exists but you're telling me a different kind of slavery exists well, today? yeah the, the slavery that you're talking about is a sort of uh, well it's citizenship is the uh, the terminology that that the people in government would use, and slaves can move up in in their uh, station if they so choose in that uh, in that case. But like real live chattel slavery is where somebody owns you. They decide what goes on with you, the everything. You know they're responsible for your feeding, your um, your housing, and all that stuff. Real chattel slavery. Um, it, I've got a story here that says the, the custom has led uh, to the spread of trafficking as well-to-do Africans, accustomed to employing children. Um, to Where's the story from, by the way? The, I'm sorry. It's from uh, – well, this is not a word that uh, I can read. <laughs> it's from the Las hmm. Vegas Sun. Okay. Um, Okay. So what's going on? So as well-to-do Africans, I'm not going to read the there's there's a lot of fluff, you know, talking yeah. talking about specific instances and stuff, talking about a little girl named Shamira. Uh, but it's I guess it's a custom for Africans to essentially own 
young children of poor families, especially girls, because, well, they, you know, the families don't want the girls, I guess. Mm-hmm. And so they employ them. And then I guess... We're talking about in Africa or in America? In Africa okay. and in America. Gotcha. As they immigrate to the U.S., around one-third of the estimated 10,000 forced laborers in the United States are servants trapped behind the curtains of suburban homes. I guess the other uh, third of uh, two-thirds of them are people that are you know forced to work in sweatshops because they have decided to come to this country, immigrate to this country, and they need to work off their... Work their dead off. Yeah. yeah. And I'm sure that they, uh, the people that uh, employ them uh, you know, to working off their debt. They keep it really good books, and they let them go immediately upon them um, paying <laughs> off the last dollar. But this one is talking about people that are you know, maids. And so like a family that would move here from Africa and bring over their little slave girl essentially with right, them? as their daughter. Yeah, and this but can she's be, not really their daughter. And, and I, I read a story relatively recently, it was a couple weeks ago, about how you could go to Haiti and buy a kid and adopt them in the United States as a slave. Now, I don't think there's very many kids getting adopted from Haiti because Haiti has very strict rules because they think that Americans want to adopt their kids and use them as slaves. Why? Because the slave trade in Haiti is huge. Rich families in Haiti, the ones that are making these laws as to whether or not you can adopt these kids, mm-hmm. know that they're buying, that the most, uh, the great deal of rich people in Haiti buy kids and use them as slave labor, and they don't want the Americans doing that to their kids because they don't want them taking the crop. Is the Madonna crop. involved in this in any way? I, I'm, I'm okay, not sure. I'm just thinking. I, I think uh, <laughs> Brangela is, though. The, <laughs> so... Uh, this this brought me sort of in a, uh, a a state of mind where I was thinking about, you know, you don't need if if you wanted to buy if you wanted to have a slave you don't need to go out and buy one you can just sort of invest in one because in the United States you own your kids more or less from a chattel slavery standpoint you have you certainly have control over them yeah yeah can they leave what happens if they leave and the authorities find them. They'll bring you back. Bring Excellent. Back to what you. happens um, when they're 16 years old and they can go out to work? What can you do with their paycheck? I, I don't know. What can you do? With you can their... take it away from them. It is it really? is yours until they are 18 years old. It is yours legally. Um, also, can well, you uh, have to work then? Make your child work. Yeah, you could not feed them, I suppose. Can you the... beat them if they don't work? Yeah. yeah. Okay. What well, does I mean, this sound like them. to you? You can spank them, but you can't really. Whoop up on them too. By hard, the time by the time they get to the point uh, where you're, you know, having to beat them to get them to do things, I would consider spanking beating anyway. So yeah, understood. Uh, but but you know, I'm just looking at how close are children to slaves yeah, in pretty America? Close. Yeah, pretty close. How, how where do they differ? You can't I guess beat your them, choice to you let them beat go. them hard. It's you cho- cannot beat them with a stick. You know, that is, it's a very that's some a, can. That's a it's a very very difficult subject. It's fascinating to think about right. that. And, well, and again, you know, we come down to even even on your local level, uh, what is child abuse and what is not child abuse, and what who is going to be the arbiter of that? Is it going to be a state agency where somehow we think that that is going to be the? I don't have a problem factor? with uh, you know, lovingly administered spankings. I don't. I'm I do. only trying to make. I know you do. Yeah. I'm only trying to make a parallel between what is the difference between slavery and childhood. You know, uh, having children in the Just United how States. how well you treat your slaves. I guess, right? uh, another point that you, you brought up that didn't get uh, is slaves you can let go. Children you cannot release from. Uh, They'll keep I, bringing them back. You, you would have to go through the process of liberating them. Then they would have to show the ability to, uh, you know, making their own money, that kind of thing. And usually those uh, those court proceedings are brought by the child, not um, anything else. And they're they're arduous and expensive. Well, there was a story I think in Nebraska recently where there was a, like a one week long window where some law they'd passed actually allowed parents to come drop it was much off their longer kids. than that. 
Well, they, you, the parents could come up to Nebraska and essentially drop off their kids. Yeah, so kids, I guess it kids is were going to, yeah, Parents were going to Nebraska and dropping off um, children. But then they're, they're just tra- transferring masters, essentially, at that point, right? Right. And if, a parent, if you're getting rid of the kid, then somebody else is taking them. So I, I mean, And no. Mark, I, I have to just tell you, when you say, you, what is it, something to the effect of, um, I've got no problem with properly administered spankings? No, he said lovingly administered, lovingly which administered. I just find really you, bizarre. I don't think people are going to pull that out of context, and they're going to use it for a promo for Free Talk Live. <laughs> I'm sorry, but what can you do? So I, I understand where you're coming from with corporal punishment. That's not where I wanted to go off with this. Ian has very good, strong uh, opinions on that. That's fine, and, and he can have them and and they'll be about as relevant as uh, my opinions on abortion because well you don't have any kids however my question still remains what is the difference between childhood and slavery and i would challenge any listener out there please tell me some ways that childhood and slavery differ in the united states because i say you mean on a fundamental basis i mean obviously most kids aren't working as hard no 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 The, the fact is are you any less a slave when the parent has the right to make you work that you can actually not only take the paycheck of a child, you can force them to go to work. No, you can't do that. Yes, you can. How can you force your kids to go to work? They don't have to clock in at Kmart. They don't have to. I'm not don't have at, to talking to you about the practical application of this. You can force them to go to work. You can you say you're going to get a job. And yeah. you're going to go, your, your paycheck's coming back to me. Now, obviously, if I had you um, as a child, I would have had to have beaten you hard for a long time <laughs> to beat the Don't iconoclasm you out spanked? of you. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, time out of what would have consisted with a chain and a collar for you. Uh, obviously, I would have oh, beaten oh, whatever this, you can't make me do that, do what you want me to do. Uh, that that wouldn't exist because you'd be a quivering mass of, of uh, oh, you know, oh nerves. My. I feel sorry for your kid. Uh, there's nothing going to be anything wrong with my kid. I'm pointing <laughs> out to you that whatever there you is say, man. not much difference between hey, childhood and slavery. I see where you're slavery. coming from. I see where you're coming from. Obviously, there are some differences in degree. How about that? Uh, but, I, but but uh, you're asking the question. People should call in with their response. 1-800-259-9231. What is, if any... What is there? Uh, what are the differences between slavery and having children? And probably you should. I should use the terminology instead of slavery: indentured servitude. What's the difference okay. between sort of you paying me for me feeding you and uh, giving birth to you, for you having life? You have to pay me by working until the, you're 18 years old. Toll-free number 800-259-9231. That number brought to you by SACL CAI. Your thoughts? This is Free Talk Live. Talk Live, you can bring up anything. Just dial the toll-free number, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Guard. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site we give away, so enjoy those. And if you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, you can become a Free Talk Live amplifier for as little as 3 bucks a month. We take that money in and reinvest it into the show, getting on more radio stations across the country and bringing more Internet listeners on board uh, from around the world. You can help us out with that for 3 bucks a month over at amp.freetalklive.com. Plus, you get perks like access to the amp-only call-in lines, chat room, forum, and more. Get all the details, get signed up with any major credit card, PayPal, or some of the alternate options at amp.freetalklive.com, and we uh, look forward to announcing very soon uh, a new tribal cast. 
There's going to be a Trimalcast station starting up, which is cool. That's exciting. That means three stations in one in three different locations. Pretty cool. So uh, I can't. I, sh- I don't think I should say more than that. But if you've been poking around the NHFree.com forums, you might be able to figure out what it is. All right. So we continue here. Uh, Mark, your comments. Any uh, more on the slavery issue? Well, um, I did get uh, one comment via um, you know electronic means here that the children in the United States have uh, a get out of slavery clause at 18. And I, I would agree, absolutely. At 18 years old, you're free to do what you want. You don't have to stay under your parents' rule anymore. And therefore, they're not slaves any longer. However, um, many of, much of the slavery that goes on in the world is based on sort of uh, obligations that, uh, in some cases, I was reading about in, in India, the, the uh, Pashtun area or whatever, they, um, miners, will be obligated, that, like their children's and their children's children will be obligated to pay off their debts. And this is how they keep fam- you know, generations in slavery. And obviously they're not doing a very good job of keeping accounts. Uh, probably if you're a slave, you can't say, hey, I demand to look at the books. <laughs> uh, you know? yeah. So, um, you know, the, the idea that you would have this, uh, this, this sparkling light at the end of the tunnel doesn't mean that you're any less a slave. Now, yes, in the United States, the light does co- happen. If you manage to live to the um, 18 years old, mm-hmm. you, you likely will be uh, you will be released. Not likely, you will be released from your slavery. But it, it's, it it harkens back to the idea of indentured servitude once again, where you didn't even get the choice to enter in the indentured servitude. So I can only use, you're born into it. Yeah, I can only use the the, the description slavery to describe mm. it. I said indentured servitude choose, yeah. at one point, and it's not true. You can indenture yourself mm. if you wish, and as far as I'm concerned, you, you know you can join the army if you want. But yeah. um, it's the only kind of really indentured servitude I know of. I suppose there's other employment contracts out there, but it's probably the most common. Is uh, joining the military but so it is slavery then is what you're saying it's, it's slavery it's slavery being childhood is slavery in the united states now i'm not saying that they generally do it i'm just saying we have bad laws people and some of these laws should be looked at a 16 year old child should be able if they choose to move out of their parents house and support themselves i, I agree yeah. i think i think yeah, somebody I think, right. I think a young person at whatever age should be able to emancipate themselves i believe that if they believe they are ready they're probably wrong. <laughs> if they're really yeah, young, they're probably like, wrong. Likely true. And they'll find that out quick enough. But if they believe they're ready, they should be able to strike out on their own and go and give it a go and now, see how it goes. I, I, my, my, um, what, what I would dispute about that is we would need to change the laws on welfare and all those other things in the process. Because I shouldn't be obligated to support yeah. a 16-year-old who decides to strike out on their own, who isn't on their own but taking government money anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I, think the, I think we have a very messed up system in the United States and the fact is the welfare system, the education system, the child labor law system, all of it results in slavery for children. Observations. That's a great point. Your thoughts yes. are welcome. Uh, your input eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Do you disagree? And if so, can you outline why? Let's go to your phone calls. Talk about what you want, Dennis. I think this is Dennis. If not, who's this? You're on Free Talk Live. Yeah, this is Dennis. Okay, hey. Dennis. All right, what's on your mind, Dennis in New Hampshire on the amp line? Hey, first, it's great to have guard on the air. Guard, guard, just guard. So the other day you were talking, yeah, the other day you were talking about secession and, you know, which is one of the things that I think is a a cool thing because the feds suck. And how come none of the free staters who have been elected into state office have put up a secession bill just to get people talking about it? That was my question, yes. Mm. Uh, Do do you have an answer, Dennis? 
Yeah, I do. I, at least from what I, I mean, I've, I've never been elected to state office, but I, I hang around people that that have. Yeah, yeah. And it, it, it seems to me like most of the people who are doing this, I mean, it, it's a big time investment. It's not a small thing. And they want to get the maximum return for what they're putting in. And they don't, they're doing it smart. And I can see people doing it stupid who are some of the New Hampshire natives, frankly, who are some of the more liberal New Hampshire natives. Mm-hmm. And one of the case uh, cases in point, I, I don't think that the guy is stupid. I think his his tactics are dumb. Uh, one of your reps from Keene, um, there's a guy, he's, to the best of my knowledge, he's he's a freshman. He's he's a newbie. He's never been elected before. Oh, this is the one that wants to uh, make the, the cat the official uh, uh, thing. He of, wants the House of Representatives to adopt a cat and have it live in the house. Isn't that correct? Yeah, he comes right out of the gate. First thing, anyone's, you know, no one knows this guy. No one's heard of him. So he starts at zero. And out of the gate, he introduces a bill like having an official state cat or something that right. like there'll be a cat that lives in the state he's, house. He's also the one that pushed for the newt bridges here in Keene, where they have uh, <laughs> tubes uh, tubes for the newts to to cross the road because the newts were getting run over by cars. So um, what it what these these tubes were were like automatic feeding food dispensers for raccoons. The newts would come out, the raccoons would scoop them up because they knew where the newts were going to be. Oh, that's it's awesome. great. That's perfect. Yeah, Dennis, you know there 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 is. <laughs> definitely a sensibility in the state house uh of amongst those people who are there they they don't want to go stepping way out of line before they get to know a lot of these people and the composition of the state house now is that this sort of thing would never pass even if it were proposed it's not just not the right time to propose it because wait a minute the cat bill or secession secession yeah secession because um there isn't there isn't enough of a groundswell even for people to take it seriously so Mm. what you would end up doing is uh, people would be looked at as as some sort of radicals and or or just kooks throwing it out there at a time when they haven't built up we were talking about popularity uh, not popular but concentration and they they hadn't built up a concentration of people to recognize that hey these people are serious people and and it would undercut them for the in the future trying to actually uh propose serious pieces of legislation to bring down All some right, of the so sta- how long state. is this going to take i mean are we gonna, are we looking at another two decades before somebody introduces a bill to get a discussion no. started no i mean one of the things that i am profound profoundly uh moved by and happy about that that we have in new hampshire that i don't think we would have elsewhere is that we have people who were libertarians who've been it literally you know literally l libertarians from from way back when um who've been in the state house been in there for years and years and years and some of those folks started up the liberty alliance when the free state project chose new hampshire one of them is don gorman the uh the former political director he, he was elected as a libertarian decades ago and so one of the things that he uh, sort of imparted to, to to the newbies coming in was your first year don't pro- don't propose any legislation. Spend your first year doing the smartest thing you can do, which is not talking a lot and listening. And that way, people start to think you're smart because you're not talking a lot. And that that's true human psychology. That's not politics. That's psychology. Yep, that's a good point. Um, so are and you telling me that uh, that on year number two that someone will uh, will introduce a, some secession legislation? Well, a, a perfect person to introduce that legislation would have been Don. Why? Because people have known him for decades. Yeah. They know that he's doing this just to get people talking, and, and it doesn't completely erode his credibility on anything else he might like to do. You know, as, as a case in point, the guy from Keene, 
he, he puts forward the stupid cat bill and the Newt Bridges bill. The guy also puts forward a piece of legislation I would love to put my heart and soul into, decriminalizing small amounts of marijuana. Little does he know, he effed it up for everybody. Yeah. Because it's this guy introducing it as a first-year bill. He, he, doesn't, he hasn't taken the time to really talk to a lot of people to figure out that for all sorts of Again, psychological reasons, it's smarter to do that the second year, not the first year, certainly mm. not the same time that a medical marijuana bill is in the works, and now we can't introduce the same bill next year. We have to wait two years for that to happen. Now, this is so stuff this that you guy, guys... Well, I, 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 would, I would say that this guy sort of is acting in his own self-interest because it seems to me unlikely that he will be elected for a second term of two years. Um, you know, like in this year, oh, hey, a lot of wackazoids thought that 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 wackazoid who wants uh, to throw marijuana users in jail, Delmar Burridge from from Keene, also put forward a uh, 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 income tax bill last year. He put forward another income tax bill this year because he thought he wouldn't get reelected. But so. he did. Is yeah. all you had to do, as, in 2006 and 2008 here in New Hampshire, mostly what you had to do, especially 2006, less so in 2008, uh, is all you had to do is have a D behind your name to get to get elected. So there were there were gains in the Republican Party. Most of those gains were made by New Hampshire Liberty Alliance Republicans. So they were, you know, libertarians posing as Republicans kind of situation. But for people that hey, are going to real, real, go ahead, real quick, Don, Don Gorman lost his primary by something like 30 votes. So he could have been in and putting forward that kind of secession bill. These things happen on a on a knife edge. Well, and and people that want to learn more about this can go over to the New Hampshire Liberty Alliance. You guys uh, have classes and informational uh, seminars and stuff that, that will help people run for office and learn this stuff. Hour three is coming up. It's Free Talk Live. Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for $3 a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. We're launching into hour number three of the program. You bring up anything by dialing toll-free 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Guard. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that is freetalklive.coms. We start things out here by going right into your phone calls. Uh, coming up, the gardener is going to tell us about a blundering bureaucracy. Uh, but first, we talk to Steve in Florida. Steve, you're on Free Talk Live. Hi, can you hear me? Hey, Steve. What's on your mind tonight? Uh, remember we talked uh, Saturday night about Stephen King, Nixon, Reagan, and John Lennon's murder? Was, was that you that had called about that? Wow, there's a comment. Yes. Okay, so you you actually, just to recap for our listeners, uh, you are a man that runs a website uh, that is dedicated to exposing what you believe to be the truth behind John Lennon's murder, and that is, uh, the truth that you believe is that Stephen King was actually his uh, assassin. And the man getting John Lennon's last autograph. Stephen, yes. Stephen King was got John Lennon's last autograph? Well, that's the key of, of that's, just, that's the uh, center point of my website is, Codes in the bold print. Uh, Stephen King's face matches the killer getting the autograph. I can't say that I poured over the website. I did look at it. And I was impressed at uh, the the uh, the level of acume of the website. It was very good. Usually, when you talk about uh, when when we you see crackpot uh, sort of uh, things that are you know stories that are out there, the websites are long and rambling. Look like they were put together in 1996. However, yours really good. 
Yeah, you know, my initial reaction would be to make a joke out of it, but it's it's so completely alien to anything I've ever heard of that I'm sort of sitting here thinking, I want to talk to this guy. What's the deal? What is the deal with this, Seinfeld? Who so, is this guy? So what brings your call out tonight, Steve? Well, um, you said that he had emailed you, and he, and I do believe it was Stephen King because the email he sent you was, I didn't know No, he didn't John email Lenny. me. No, I, that, the, somebody said they saw an email on your site. Was that not true? I didn't verify that claim. No, there was no email on my site. Oh, oh, I know what it was. Okay, now I know what's going on. Uh, he, he wrote me a letter once on the inside of a book called Let Me Take You Down when I was in Bangor, Maine. And he says, I didn't kill John Lennon, and I think you know that as well as I do. And then he closes his letter with a half sentence, the man who really did kill John, best Stephen King. Now, this... <laughs> handwriting matches a letter he wrote to me eight years earlier that starts out, Mr. Lightfoot, you haven't got the whole story yet, but since you will not cease your investigations, I thought I may as well clue you to phase three. And this was two weeks before my dad suspiciously died in a plane crash. (laughs) I am sorry to hear about your father. This is one of the strangest things I've ever heard of. Anyway, so the premise of my call is, is, uh, is moot now because I realize he didn't actually email. But I'm telling you, uh, I've, been, I've met him. I've stood three inches away from him. All he could do was stutter to me apologetically in his hometown to, to, to take care. I will want you to, to, to take care. I'm sure he felt he... very comfortable with you only three inches away from him. Usually that's <laughs> about the space that I love having people you know, that close to me. And, 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 when he, and when he said this, he said it like this. Hey, I screwed up. Don't hate me. I, I care what you think about me. Don't you hate me? I screwed so up. So, what do you think the motivation was? I mean, I mean, just to spec, maybe just to speculate here, uh, as a man who has done uh, apparently an unending amount of research into this, what was uh, Stephen King's motivation? Did the government people have something that they could hold over his head? Did they force him to do this, or did he just hate John Lennon? I mean, what was the actual? Well, it, it was absolute jealousy of John Lennon. John Lennon had more power than any man on earth. He had more he had power fans than any man on earth. He had more power than the Pope and the President and the Prime Minister of England combined. And less and, talent, too. And, 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 his, and his message was a hopeful message of peace, love, and understanding. Stephen King, on the other hand, was trying to get off a career of, of writing about the dark side of humanity. And, in fact, the reason he did write such terrible things is because when he was a little boy, he was rejected by his peers and, and not picked, you know, picked last and teased. His father walked out on him when he was two. And his movies reflect a need to lash out at society. Take, for example, Christine. Well, Stephen King I mean, doesn't sorry, make movies. Stephen He's King an didn't, author. didn't uh, make the movie Christine. Uh, Christine was no, no. written about his book. Christine. I think John Carpenter made Christine. Okay, but, but Stephen King wrote the book. And in, 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 uh, in Carrie, the center of the, uh, the central figure has her revenge on all of her teenage tormentors I would spilled blood on her. I reiterate that the, the, the same issue with Carrie is, goes on with Christine. Now, you, you could reference some of his later movies where he had a much larger role. However, Not really. The, so what do we find with the novels of redemption or, or the exciting novel like um, The Girl Who Loved Tom Gordon, where there's a young girl trapped in the woods and she loves the Boston Red Sox, and, and it's a story about the girl's survival or uh, The Green Mile. That's a, a, yeah, there was an uplifting. Or The uh, Shawshank well, no, Redemption. No, it, I'm not familiar with the first book, but The Green Mile and and Cell and Shawshank Redemption and a few other of his books all are focused on a man going to jail for life for murder, yeah. which is his biggest fear. 
It's excellent. Yeah, this, this is, is very th- tiny. This is a really well Truly. put together I am, uh, conspiracy theory. I have never theory. heard this before. <laughs> did, did you see the movie Christine? I, no, I, it was no. the first rated R movie I ever saw in my life in awesome. the theaters. See, I thought I figured the story was too derivative of the original Duel by Richard Matheson, so I didn't bother. I, I saw the movie, and these characters were all killed in that movie. Buddy Holly, Elvis Presley, Jim Morrison, John what? Belushi, and John Lennon. Is that true? I've not How seen How were they that, killed in the movie? I, I don't remember this well, happening. The the character who bought the car looked kind of goofy with taped-up glasses like a Buddy Holly. Ah, okay, so he's, he's making... And then, then he picks the car up and turned into Elvis with the pompadour See, but, and, and the flashy clothes, and he winds up dead through a windshield. See, but no, dead, Stephen King had nothing to do with that. Jim Morrison gets run down by a car on fire, and Jim Morrison, and the Jim Morrison lookalike is dressed exactly as John Lennon was dressed when he got shot. Black leather jacket, black boots, and blue jeans. Are there, are there uh, any other... Do, I mean, do you uh, subscribe amazing. to any other what people would call... Uh, conspiracy theories that are out there. Do you think, for instance, that uh, lizard men? Nine eleven. Uh, yeah. Do you think that nine uh, eleven was perpetrated by the government? I do believe that the buildings were preset to explode on a demolition level because there's one helicopter view that they've only showed once. And Did you have never to ask it again. that, Mark? And you and you can see the building expand like a balloon being blown up, and then you hear a loud bang. Now, this kind of an, of an expansion of all four walls could only be caused by air pressure, which could only be caused by an explosive. Now, so the there, steel there, there is a bird's eye view. There's a bird's eye view from a helicopter. When one building, right before it falls, it expands like a balloon being blown yeah, but, up. But which bird? Uh, also, I'm just wondering, and seriously, and when you when you discuss this with people, and, and obviously you think a lot about this, is yeah. I mean, you know, a I'm lot. completely skeptical of it, but it's fascinating to think about this. Like when you have conversations with people, uh, maybe a woman over dinner, or you know, the friends at the bar, or people you work with, or, or people who find your website. Uh, let's just say in conversation, how do they respond to this? Because, I mean, it, it's totally bizarre to me. I don't know if he actually has dinner well, with people. The, the way people respond is a phenomenon. And the way I would describe this is Jesus was once chased out of town for saying a prophet He's is likening never himself accepted to Jesus. By his, by, uh, he, Jesus once said a prophet is never accepted by his hometown. He and said he was that? almost killed literally on the spot by his peers i don't i, I know, know a great Swift. deal about the bible I, I don't really remember that was that extra biblical uh writings or something no, no he, he said it and jonathan swift was once quoted as saying you can always tell who the genius of the community is he's the one the townspeople are ridiculing and making the most fun of so uh, so you're saying that when you talk about these things that uh, your you know, friends you? and acquaintances ridicule you my peers even my own family members have uh, an, an intense resentment and jealousy and fear of what I'm doing because literally, if this well, story and what breaks, is it that you are doing? I mean, you're trying to essentially break the story out mainstream and get people to pay attention and take you seriously and the idea seriously well, and actually like arrest uh, Stephen King for murder because before I can arrest him and charge him, I have to I have to get the public on my side because what if I was in Stephen King's position, I would say, okay, go ahead, arrest me and charge me. I'm not going to waive my right to a speedy trial. Well, the evidence okay. that you have is uh, a Newsweek article or or a, magazine, a few magazines that you've plucked some headlines out of and you take some bold, took some bolded words and made sentences from, right? No, that's, no, no. That's I, the evidence? I, no, no. Seventy percent of the headlines 
relate like code surrounding the murder, including the killer's face, name, yeah. and letter to the editor it's printed all in before there. the murder. It's all in there. You just have to know the patterns. Thanks for the call. And then murdered. I can't take it anymore. 800-259-9231. It doesn't matter whether you can take it or not. Well, I could have I held him over, but I, we held him over the, uh, the first time. So, enough. 800-259-9231. You can go visit with the hell, whatever the hell his website. He didn't get to plug his website this oh, time. Bear talk oh, line. no. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up anything toll-free, 800-259-9231, the SACL-CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Guard. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are totally free, so enjoy those on us. Uh, again, freetalklive.com, features including the bulletin board system with over 400,000 posts. There's a lot to talk about there. Serious issues to fun stuff. You'll find it all free over at bbs.freetalklive.com. Dot com. Do you have a company that needs to try something new in the area of collections? SACL CAI does collections, early out billing, and they purchase charged-off receivables. SACL's employees are trained in, trained in resolving issues for your customers and treating them with respect. They know that not only do you want to collect your money, but you want to keep those clients, too. It's SACL CAI, and you can see their banner at freetalklive.com. 800-259-9231 to your phone calls. We go to Jim in Illinois. Jim, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian Gardner and Mark. Hey, guys, good talking to you again. What's on your um, mind, Jim? How you doing, Elvis? You know, I have a point that I, or something I wanted to talk to you about, but if I could just uh, digress for just a second here on two things. Um, first of all, that guy before you, that <laughs> nutcase, he was talking, he had these two letters from Stephen King and this other guy, and they had him up on his site. Yeah. I just took a look at them. They look nothing alike. <laughs> I mean, maybe if you were, you know, had your glasses off and you glanced at passing, but... You compare those two things. I mean, come How did you on. get his website? He didn't give it out this time. Did you remember it from Saturday? Yeah, I did. I actually okay. listened to the podcast earlier today and wrote ah, okay. it down. What was the website again? Yeah, I, we, were, we were wondering. John Lennon, or I'm sorry, it's uh, www.lennonmurdertruth.com. Okay, there you go. So if you want to know the truth about Stephen King killing John Lennon. <laughs> I'll tell you. The, the, oh, don't forget Nixon and Reagan were involved. Oh, too, right. Which, yeah, they were uh, the organizers. As nutty as it sounds, he's... A second uh, little sub-point before I get to my, sure. main, my main question. You know what? There's enough that the government is doing wrong that we can literally nail them on, that we yeah. have proof of, without having to go into all this conspiracy crap. Absolutely. I mean, you're just wasting your time on real issues that you could be putting your energy towards. Exactly, right. like John Belushi. And it, it's, <laughs> yeah. you, know, you should never, you should never apply to conspiracy what you can apply apply to incompetence when it comes to the government, because mm-hmm. you know the, the, the idea that they would get away. Now, the, the the John Lennon murder thing, I suppose that Reagan and Nixon could have gotten together and uh, planned the the murder of Lennon and uh, you know cued in uh, uh, Stephen King. I think four, three people involved is is small enough that you could keep a conspiracy. A conspiracy. Why those three people would get together? Why they would choose uh, well, Stephen John King? Well, had more uh, more power than him. Didn't you? Weren't you listening? Right. <laughs> the reason was no. Though, don't you understand, Mark? The overarching theme here is that the uh, the death of John Lennon was the death of innocence, and the uh, the promotion of Stephen King was the promotion of all things that are evil. So that was the turning oh, yeah. point. See, that yeah, was although the... you know it is interesting though when you if you do step it up a notch and, and you take serious things that are happening today that can be observed and are very troublesome. Words 
worrisome uh, U.S. troops being posted in the United States, contrary to Posse Comitatus, which ties into some of the wilder conspiracy theories, but at the same time is a concrete and dangerous and bad precedent to have established in the United States. So then you say, okay, there's a blurring of the lines there. Uh, you've got other things like um, the RFID chips being put into people's uh, licenses and, and, and passports. You say, well, again, there's a blurring of the lines with conspiracy, conspiracy theorists. So, so it, it, what's fascinating is not so much that the conspiracies are, are being supported by the events, but that there are some real things out there that we would include along with taxation and regulation and police manipulation and, and you know, all sorts of bad, bad – uh, all sorts of bad laws that are brought up that are part and parcel to some of the, these conspiracy things. And, I mean, they, they lead me – if it's a bad proposal, it's a bad proposal. That's the way I look at it. And I don't need a right. conspiracy to say to, to me, look, there are people who want to expand the purview of government whether they have malicious intent or not. Yeah, I mean, which is more important, the fact that, you mean, you can't observe the World Trade Center thing happening from a specific angle from a helicopter, or the fact that we're creating fiat money that's based in right. in fantasy. Right. I mean, what do we have proof on, and what can we actually, you know, hold the government against? Well, and, and I think you can I, – I love your point, and it's a point that I've made so many, so many times in the past, that we need to focus on what's concrete. We need to focus on what's real, what's undeniable. Um, but all that said, the conspiracy guys just keep on going in their direction, and they keep pedaling that bicycle, and, you know, they're trying to get to wherever it is they're going to, uh, you know, this uh, supreme knowledge over uh, top of everybody else. And you could tell his attitude about himself was that he was a prophet, that he was yeah. Jesus-like, right. that yeah. he was this, you know, amazing guy that knows something special that you don't. And this ties into something you've said in the past, Mark, that right. the conspiracy guys like to have something that they know that you don't and make right. themselves feel good. Sure, that they can lecture on this uh, this topic that they are expert in. And, and you must say that this guy has done a fantastic job of being the world's expert on the murder of John Lennon by Stephen King, uh, of, you know, uh, preferred by uh, Richard Nixon and Ronald Reagan. I mean, no one can claim to know more about it than he does. Yeah. He has a convention and it's in a phone booth, but it's all right. <laughs> so I, that, I, I think that that's really what what it is, is this sort of attitude of, na 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 I know something yeah. you don't know. And also, you know what else is weird? I don't know if you guys have run into this, too, but on repeated iterations, information that you have becomes very easy to state because you've memorized it. It's very easy to sure. go through. You know what you're going to say. And mm -hmm. so it's it's almost an intellectual crutch, in a way, to be able to go and repeat this stuff that you've looked into and you sound very animated about it. I don't know why the guy doesn't get tired of it and why he doesn't understand that the rejection that he gets is, uh, you know, possibly a sign that maybe people aren't interested. Uh, I'm interested in, in the intellectual uh, aspect of it, of watching a, a person in, get involved with that. But, you know, getting back to those issues, there are so many issues, like Ian and you brought up, you know, the fiat money system that's de destroying all of our savings. It doesn't matter whether it's some sort of terrible cabal that put this thing together. The fact is, economically, you, you can prove that it's very dangerous. So let's stop the policies. You know, all I'm gonna all I'm gonna really really add to that is that uh, that last guy, the Lennon murder truth guy, he must be a lot of fun at parties. That's <laughs> <laughs> I guess I don't know what kind of parties he would go to though. Oh, well, I don't well, want to make no, any. Not so much that. I just wonder what kind of parties he'd get invited to. Yeah. I, I I don't know what his private life's like. I mean, you know, he may he may be uh, you know a dynamo as far as uh, the social scene goes, but uh, you know it. 
it seems like if you uh, were to focus that much energy, you would focus it on something that matters. Because even if this were true, you're talking about a Stephen King a killing that went on nearly three decades ago. So Stephen King, the, 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 if he were to mur- have murdered John Lennon, he would have been 30 years younger. You're talking about a man who's so, – any of these cases where they get some guy 20, 30, 40 years later for uh, a killing, you're not even incarcerating the not killer. the same guy, yeah. It's a you're, different car- you're incarcerating someone entirely different. And, uh, you know, so, so the chasing after of this nonsense, is, it's just, it just doesn't make any sense to me on any level. Well, I wonder if uh, if Stephen King uh, passed away tomorrow from a heart attack or something like that, would the guy continue on? Would he continue to of press course. for oh, the yeah. truth to come out? I just well, wonder. Stephen King would have been poisoned, you know. You know, to keep them, <laughs> That's keep right. them quiet. That's right. Right, because on Saturday, you missed this, Carter, but on Saturday night when the guy originally called, he said that the, uh, the, the time when Stephen King was, was uh, clipped by a minivan, uh, that was actually a failed government <laughs> assassination attempt. <laughs> oh, oh, God. That was, that was the funniest precious, doggone thing. In fact, that and uh, what was the other guy? He was talking about the third age of Earth, the shepherd. Oh, yeah. Man, we've had, had some. We had, we, I mean, it was a full I moon. Both yeah. of those sections out from the podcast, and I am even known for by Thanks therapy. for that, dude. We appreciate the call, Jim, and uh, glad to hear from you tonight. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. We'll talk uh, about a bumbling bureaucracy that apparently really blew it in Tennessee. Uh, we'll get to that here in your calls as well at 800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live. Hey, podcast listeners. I've been working with a couple of advertisers who have concerns about the ages of our podcast listenership. Generally, the younger the person, the more likely they are to fill out a survey. We need to counteract this trend. Please, take a moment to go to survey.freetalklive.com and let us know your age and sex. That's survey.freetalklive.com, especially if you're over 25. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up whatever you want via the toll-free number, 800-259-9231, the SACL-CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Guard. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site we give away. So enjoy those, including the Shrine of Female listeners, dozens of ladies who've sent us their validated photo to prove that they listen to the show. Head over to shrine.freetalklive.com, see what it's all about, that shrine freetalklive.com and according to the computer privacy handbook normal internet technology is the most comprehensive surveillance system ever invented put a stop to email snooping with an easy to use email alternative privacyharbor.com because normal email is not secure that's privacyharbor.com as we go to your phone calls so uh, let's talk to Paula in Florida you are on free talk live hello Paula yeah hi hon hey. uh, there's something that you were talking about earlier with that gentleman about our federal reserve do you know who part of them uh, is? Is the Jesuits? They are also in control of our uh, Federal Reserve too. Who? See, I thought that it was the, the Jesuits. Ju- I thought it was the Jews that had taken over the banks, not the uh, not the Catholics. No, it's the Jesuits. Oh, okay. See, the papacy is the one that called for the new world order. The papacy did. And who are and the Jesuits? I'm sorry, I'm Jesuits. lost. Who? Jesuits are a branch a part, of uh, part of the Catholic Church, part of the papacy. Oh, okay. So they're uh, like in the Vatican City. They they yeah. live there. Those people. Yeah. Not they have Jesuit fact, schools. They want and... total control. Matter of fact, I don't know if you know the history or not, but uh, they came after my cousin Andy Jackson because he took the money and gave it back to the country. 
And uh, then, Andrew Jackson, uh, they, seventh they president of the United States. They uh, have come uh, after a lot of our presidents. They have poisoned some of them. Tyler Jefferson. Uh, so uh, wait Tyler a minute. Harrison so what's their goal? Canada. I mean, they total world domination. Yeah, that's what it's all about. Yeah. What's taking and, so long? Uh, matter of fact, there. Uh, that was the reason that JFK was assassinated because they wanted to control Vietnam in that area. And he said, "Hell no, my friend." He came on CNN. I saw it myself not too long ago. CNN. And, uh, uh, I mean, uh, not CNN, I mean, uh, C-SPAN. Anyway, they showed him Wait, talking okay. to the church, and he said, you are not going to control me. You're trying to control my office, and that's not going to happen. He wait, said a minute, wait, a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Hold on, hold on. C-SPAN didn't come around until the early 1990s no, or the late 80s. No, I'm saying they just showed it recently. Oh, I see. You're saying they, they, uh, they played some they old footage. They had it filmed, yeah. Gotcha. And, the, and this is one reason why he was assassinated, because he got us out of Vietnam, because they wanted to control Vietnam. Oh, John, John Lennon? I'm sorry, Paul. What do you think the chances are? <laughs> We're getting that, our conspiracies mixed up here. Yeah, what do you up. think the chances are that uh, Stephen King assassinated John Lennon at the behest of uh, <laughs> uh, Ronald Reagan the, and Richard Nixon in 1980? I don't know. I mean, I, I, I loved him, and I mean, I just I thought it was horrible what happened to him. And uh, But they're going to answer for it. You know, I mean, there's a God above that sees everything. And they're gonna. He's gonna take care of it. What is everybody? Okay. Why does everybody love John Lennon so much? I just don't. I, I don't, just have I, I no just, connection. He was awesome. He really was. By the way, I was wrong about C-SPAN. They started in 1979. So yeah. Well, there you anyway, I'm just. I'll tell you when he when he, this happened, I just cried. I mean, it, it just broke my heart. But uh, anyway, the thing. Wait, is, when what happened? I Lennon got he, shot. Lennon got shot. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, yeah, thanks, Paula, for the call. Heart. Appreciate hearing from you. Sorry to hear your heart was broken. 800-259-9231. She'd be enraged if she knew the truth. About Stephen King? Yeah. Enraged yeah. against the machine, no, obviously. I know. All right. Unscreened call to the amp line. Who's this? You're on Free Talk Live. This is David from um, uh, Lakeland, Florida. What's on your mind, David? You're Hello? on the air. You are Hi, David. on the air. Go ahead. Yeah, um... I uh, I have a question about uh, I know you guys aren't scientists and and um, I I apologize if this question is a little um, uh, a little a little too technical but I understand that the scientific method is that you do some sort of experiment whatever that is and then you publish your methodology what whatever that is and then um, then other scientists can replicate that. Is that, is that I think that's part of the process. Yeah. Sounds like yeah, part of it, yeah. Well, you guys are a little bit wrong. See, the scientific method today is uh, you have an agenda, and then a politician gives you money, and you get that money from taxpayers, whether they like it or not, and then it's published all through the media to reach a particular goal. That's the new scientific me- method. So I, I just want to make sure you're all straight on that. Well, then I can't understand why you guys would have any faith in scientists at all. But um, <laughs> We have if, some. <laughs> Yeah, right. Uh, in that case, I think I'd prefer the Bible because the Bible isn't uh, influenced by the government. I well, think that's I, pretty. That's pretty ludicrous. I mean, the I fact think that is, the Bible. The, the fact is that the Bible has been used by people in power um, against people out of power since its very inception. I mean, the fact is the first, the Pentateuch, the the first five books of the Bible were supposedly words written down, uh, you know, by Moses, uh, as I recall, and he was the leader of the Jews. He was their president. He was their king, essentially. Um, the Bible is a set of rules to keep people in line. 
And the, and the fact is, uh, what you said in the beginning is true. I mean, science, they do have to publish their methodology, and if it's not duplicable, and it, then it's not good science. Uh, and uh, and people need to be able to duplicate these, the studies in order for them to have some validity uh, and and being accepted by the scientific community. So there's that level of check and balance that some old book just doesn't have. Yeah, okay. I didn't I didn't want to now, pull you off course. If that's the case, that's kind of my issue with science. Um, I, I believe in science. I'm a big fan of what you just described and what what I uh, first suggested that it's a certain methodology and then you publish the methodology and then that methodology is tested by other scientists. Mm-hmm. I believe in that. That makes sense to me. It does. It's got to be empirical. Right. What I don't don't understand, though, is evolution or other origin of species, um, scientific origin of species theories. I don't really understand how that's possible. If I, I just like to see one one methodology published that I could take into my little lab and repeat the experiment and come up with a new species. Well, that's, that's why you don't have a law. That's why you don't have a scientific law. It's not extinction. A, that's because evolution... Have, wait, wait, wait. Evolution isn't a scientific law. It is a theory. Because you cannot duplicate it, you cannot replicate it. That's why they don't call it It wasn't that. based on a test. It wasn't based on an right. experiment. It's a theory, and they've... You so know, it's they, not they, they, Well, it's... Well, it's see, this science-y is the problem. in the it, sense that uh, they use science... They, they, based they try on observation. Right. They try to use science to disprove or prove it, and I think that you would agree that evolution uh, has some but sort not, of uh, not, validity, not right? Cross, not, not cross-species evolution. This, this is the problem that, that we run into, and unfortunately, I think, I think the caller is correct in a way, Mark, because uh, I think the theory of evolution is one of the few theories that when you say the theory of evolution, people overlook the word theory. I agree, and I don't, and I don't disagree with the idea that creationism, you know, that, that we were created, or that perhaps, I don't know about cross-species evo- species evolution. Right. Some things look remarkably similar to me, like chimpanzees and humans, right. but I don't know. I, I don't know, right. um, and okay, I wouldn't propose okay, to know. Let's, let's just take that. Let, I, I don't know. Here's, here's my problem. If evolution happens, fine. I have no problem with that. My problem is that scientists suggest, or, or I should say the prevailing scientific um, uh, theory, is that species evolved through, um, by methods of evolution. I can't see how that's possible. Today, if we take a species, say jaguars, and we reduce that species through um, in encroachments into their habitat, for example, by man, so that there are fewer and fewer jaguars, what happens is that the jaguars have a very small gene pool, and because they have a very small gene pool, they have more errors in replicating when they, when they, have, um, when they mate. They have more errors in replicating, and you have fewer uh, viable jaguars, and eventually the species becomes extinct. Well, it's interesting. So there's fewer there's a, and fewer species. You don't get more and more there's, species. There's another point. You get fewer and fewer. Th- there's another point that uh, I, I actually brought up with a really good guy around here. His name is Biker Bill, and uh, he's an atheist. And um, you know, I used to be uh, very agnostic towards the atheistic side, but I had a conversation with a man a, a long time ago, a triple black belt, uh, a, a older man, uh, very, very well-spoken, uh, always carried, uh, just a fascinating guy. And I had started to think about the theory of evolution, and uh, some of those same sort of questions came to my mind. 
Uh, one of the other questions that I had was I said, you know, I kept hearing that um, certain species would lose a certain ability because they didn't need it anymore. And based on evolutionary theory of random mutation leading towards an advantage to get away from predators, just because you didn't need it anymore, you wouldn't lose it. He brought up a great point to me, which unfortunately we're up against the clock, so I won't be able to make it right now. But uh, essentially he said, look, random mutation that gives you a little bit of a wing stub is not going to give you any sort of an advantage to escape from predators than anything else. You have to have a fully formed wing. Interesting point. More coming up here. Thank you, David, for the call. Uh, this is Free Talk Live, 800-259-9231. You can expand on that in a moment if you like. This is Free Talk Live. Only moments remain. Just enough time for your call if you make it now to 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And guard. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are completely free. So enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. And if you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, you can learn how to promote the show. Help us get into more ears around the world. You can learn how over at promote.freetalklive.com. That is promote.freetalklive.com. The Institute for Humane Studies is now offering free seminars over spring break. This March, join other libertarians from across the country for an intense and interdisciplinary exploration of classical liberal and libertarian thought. Participation is free. IHS provides housing and meals during the conference. You can apply now to attend a seminar at the University of California, Santa Cruz, March 7th through the 12th, and Emory University in Atlanta, March 14th through the 19th. Visit LibertarianSeminars.com for more information to get signed up. That's LibertarianSeminars.com as we continue here with your phone calls. Uh, Gardner, did you want to expand, though, briefly on the point you were... Oh, we were talking yeah, about evolution yeah. um, and, and, uh, and I guess, intelligent design and right. random mutation, science, and, and empiricism, empiricism and so on. Uh, yeah, I was just going to say, uh, what was fascinating was, uh, I said, this, this man I was talking to, his name is Grover Morrill, fascinating guy, and, uh, I mean, really, really insightful man, and he's probably in his 60s, cool, cool guy. So he brings up, he brings up this subject when I'm talking about evolution. I said, you know, I had this idea, and it didn't strike me that evolution... The theory really seems to hold logically. Uh, it's not really based on any sort of uh, empirical evidence. It's based on uh, thought and, and logical analysis based on some observations of the way nature works within species. For example, you'll get uh, dogs that can be bred through crossbreeding and so on of certain types, and you'll get a certain tiny little dog, and but it's still a dog. And you'll get uh, a certain type of finch that will have a, a longer beak on an island that gets flooded frequently because they have to be able to get under the water, be able to get their their uh their worms that they try to eat so the shorter beaked finches end up dying off but it's still the finch we're going elsewhere to eat yeah so well you know this sort of thing so so he said well look guard you know the, the theory the theory is based on the idea that random genetic mutation will cause some gradual it's gradual change remember that's the key uh, the gradual change, and this gradual change will give you some sort of advantage over uh, over the others to escape from predators, which allows you to reproduce more than the ones that would get eaten by the predators. Okay, and I think the call's point is is very apt. When you have a smaller gene pool, you're less likely to have that species survive at all anyway. But, okay, so let's say there is some advantage to this. Uh, they reproduce more than the other ones. All right, he says, but he says, hence we get the idea that birds evolve from dinosaurs because birds could eventually, you know, fly, that sort of thing. He said, but look, why would a bird with a wing stub, some sort of a, a tiny little thing that gradually changes over the years, over the millennia, into a full-fledged wing? 
because that's that's where the logic is. It's reliance on the belief that time through randomness will cause greater and greater growth, and this sends it in this direction through reproduction. It gets bigger and bigger and bigger, it, which if you look at it logically, it still doesn't – it does not hold because you'd have to have another random mutation in the same direction. It it really doesn't hold. The, the Darwin's theory does not hold logically. So he said, he said, why would a wing stub give you a greater advantage? You, you still can't fly with it. Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't make sense to me. I've never really taken a, a hard position well, on this uh, on this discussion. I just hear people out basically to see what they have to say because I'm certainly no expert on either one. And it you're seems to me about, that um, uh, there's with a wing, wing stub, you'd be talking about growing a, a a second, a third pair of appendages on uh, vertebrates. Uh, that would be an extraordinarily rare thing. Um, insects have uh, you know three pairs of appendages. Uh, vertebrates generally have uh, two. Mm. I, I suppose fish you could make some kind of argument for. Um, however. I, I can see that it would be. I, I suppose a nice long flat arm would uh, help. You know, forward appendage would help uh, you escape from predators. But it it seems like not much. Well, you, you know, have some to be a darn say, long, darn flat. Well, arm. then you, then you get the idea of punctuated equilibrium, which is a term that they throw around, which is Certainly really just sort of a decorous term that means very little. Uh, punctuated equilibrium is oh well, yeah, you're right. The gradualness of it doesn't really hold water, so you get these little jumps. That's punctuated equilibrium, which is not evolution. Uh, that's just the way it is. That is massive genetic genetic mutation, giving a short you something period of time. over a certain yeah a shorter period of time from one generation you, to the next. Or something. Well, maybe yeah you know and you know the truth of it is who the heck knows. But one thing's that's for sure how I that, feel about it that evolution as gradual evolution it really doesn't stand up to logical analysis. I don't really know if this is really that much better of a conversation as far as productive uh, <laughs> yeah. than talking about uh, Stephen John King Lennon. and John Lennon. Really, I mean as far as the the right. uh, the effect that the that the whatever the truth of this is or might have on our world today, yeah. eh, you could argue that if science really understood how things happen, then they might be able to understand something in the future that could help us. I, I suppose. But I mean, some people would say something. some people would say Ian that by studying this, you're getting closer to a point where you could save your soul by believing. In I don't God. know. Let's see what Johnson has to say on the amp line. Uh-oh. Hey Johnson. Johnson. Oh, oh hey, oh, wait, hang on a second. We're having some trouble here. Okay, you're you're on. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, hey, one way I think you could answer uh, your question or, or your comments about the half wing is you could you could Google what good is half a wing. There's an article that specifically describes uh, the argument that I guess your your observant friend brought up um, mm. because there are many ad, uh, advantages to a wing, to a partial wing, and you're also ignoring the argument there is is that it's expectation. You're you're expecting a wing to provide flight, and that's not what a partial wing is for. Mm, so point, there yeah. are advantages to an appendage because it's not originally, you know, a gradual change. When that thing first starts, it's not expected to provide flight. It's expected to provide, provide other functionality, and that's not flight. And that was what was conferring the advantage. Yeah, so some people... Yeah, I was just going to say in conversations, and, and you bring up a great point, Johnson, in conversations I've had with Billy, he said, look, you know, it could give you gliding abilities. You can never really, you, know, you can never really predict what particular abilities but were advantageous then, then at that point. Then one has to ask, where are the half a wings now? Yeah, chickens. Um, anyway, the, Ch- look, the I'm sorry, chickens. That, uh, chickens are uh, <laughs> a, a man-bred item. I believe that the uh, the no, grouse no, is what no. you're referring to, and they Penguins. fly pretty good. Anyway. Um, there are plenty of flight. <laughs> this is a great birds. conversation. Yeah, it is. But what I wanted to bring up and mention about this is that the religious will. Ne- you you talked about cross species evolution, and the problem with cross species evolution as a term is that the religious will never 
uh, will never acknowledge species that are blurring the li- or that will never acknowledge animals that are blurring the lines between species, because the very concept of species, when you think about it, is a term created by human beings specifically to categorize animals by sort of an arbitrary set of rules that we made up, uh, which means granted. that any animals that are blurring those lines, platypus, um, certain other things, are not going to be acknowledged. They're going to be plumped into one category or another. So as soon as they start approaching that line, mm. and if they cross that line, it's not going to be considered cross-species evolution. It's going to be considered, oh, these are two different species of animals. Well, I think that if there were term. a lot more platypi, that uh, one could make uh, that argument a heck of a lot more effectively. There are actually a lot more animals like that. You, if you look them up, I mean, for example, Kirk Cameron, uh, the guy. Kirk Cameron, like, you think he's cross species? <laughs> 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 I mean, he has some awfully major. curly hair, but I wouldn't call him a camel. No, no, no. <laughs> he's one of these major religious guys who argues against yes, evolution. Yes, he is. I don't Poorly, know, he went crazy. from what I could tell. <laughs> no, that's because he was left behind. That's right. <laughs> one of <laughs> one of his arguments is for this. He's like, you never see a crocodile duck, and. <laughs> It's one of those things you can look up. There is an actual animal that he, he brought up a picture of, like a Photoshop picture of a crocodile and a duck. And the funny thing is, is there are animals, and I think one's called like Archaeopteryx. There are certain animals that you look up, you can actually find the transitional species for these animals that these religious people will claim. Ah, you'll never see this in nature. And then you look it up and, oh, mm, hey, there it is. There it is mm, or there it was. Interesting. Interesting call, Johnson. I thank you for it. Let's talk to Darren in South Carolina. Darren, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, uh, you guys pretty much just took the uh, wind out of my sails with uh, everything that you guys were saying about the genetics. Um, just wanted to say that um, the, the laws of the universe dictate that we live in uh, chaos, not order. And uh, through mutations, which is a sign of chaos, um, that is how well, we get. Didn't uh, we just talk earlier? Let the guy make a point. But no, I know what his point. Yeah. His point is he's, he's made the point is that uh, order leads to chaos every time, right? Order leads yeah, to chaos. That's exactly right. Right. So, no, no, no. Uh, chaos so, leads, leads to order. Chaos, chaos leads to order. Right. That's what Gardner was right. talking it's about. Like earlier. fractals. Yeah. Then I, I guess I'm. Compl- pardon me. Yeah. Go ahead with your point, Darren. Well, I was just uh, saying that uh, we live in a uh, chaos world where there's, you know, no structure to it. The, the evolution is a brilliant piece of uh, you know, writing, but in fact, it says just the opposite of what we know now. And it says it, it suggests that you know uh, things are combining to uh, create better things. And we know that things in this universe only break down. Right. Yeah. Like so, I've heard the yeah. the opposite argument used to uh, refute evolution too. That in fact <laughs> that uh, order leads to chaos. Look, so therefore we can't possibly have if, uh, order coming out of if chaos. If the theory Thanks, of Tim. evolution didn't hold, we wouldn't have the spork. Then that'll about do it. It has been Ian here with you. And guard. And Mark. We'll see you tomorrow night online. In the meantime, freetalklive.com. What's the truth? Uh, we'll probably never know. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronic, photo, cell phone, office product, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supply, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com.